O'Reilly's platform is fantastic because you can search that very particular technical topic and you get 50 different ways you can look at it. I've never been disappointed. See why Amir counts on the O'Reilly Learning Platform at O'Reilly.com. Trick. We're going to get the radio side started here because we want to make sure that we can get Bill WD-40 in to lube us up for tonight's show. Deb from SAC, thank you so much for kicking off the Super Chat tonight. Very much appreciate the support and love. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on a nightly basis. Matthew Goodka, good to have you here. Hi, Science Melinda and Crystal J. Jeff Steve Garvey, he'll hit a home run for you. And uh, let's see, who else do we have? Mm, Bob Davis, thank you for coming on in. And uh, let's see, Michael Morris, good job in being here. Paramarv, good to see you. Elaine M., thanks for coming in. Chris Teen, nice to have you here. And Vash the Impaler, good to see you. Uh, Scenaria Frankenstein, welcome to SOR chat. I might run out of time here. Uh, everybody packing in for uh, our good friend Eugene Braxton tonight. And uh, Digger Dog, nice to have you here. Brian Dodd, good to have you here. Susie B and Terry Hall, good to see you both. And uh, where are we? Brad Ford, nice to have you here. Major Lee, thanks for coming on in. And the rest of you, I'm going to have to say hello in the chat room. Horns up. Let's rock. Mountains of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of fe- features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We are going deep into the near-death riddle tonight. Eugene Braxton, author, researcher, f- philosopher, joins us tonight. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes you on another spooky journey. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio will then be in for the cryptid report. Longtime listener, longtime researcher, longtime scholar, Eugene Braxton is back on this show as a guest as we discuss the near-death riddle. Eugene is a near-death experience researcher who believes he has discovered the near-death revelations the world authorities have been waiting for. Eugene's gone out of body since age six and 
He continues to this day to try and figure out life's riddles about life after death. What happens when we die? How do we go on? And it is going to be a power show with Eugene tonight, my good friend Eugene Braxton. It's good to have you back on Spaced Out Radio. How you doing, my friend? Hey, Dave. Good, good to be here. How you been? I am I am doing absolutely fantastic, and I, I want to say you know thank you to you. I mean you're in our chat room nearly every night, uh, listening in and, and learning and expanding your own knowledge. You know, and every now and again we got to bring you on as a guest because I think you're the one of the best when it comes to talking about the near death experience. So I really appreciate you joining us, my man. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, the uh, chat crew—they're really cool, and uh, I've gotten to know a good amount of them, and I want to say hi to them tonight. Absolutely. Uh, Eugene, you have been going out of body and having out of body experiences since age six. I mean, look, I I know you're no spring chicken here, but can you remember way back when, when it first happened, what that was like for you? Uh, What, the uh, out of body? Yes. Yeah, I started having them at age six. uh, and they started off as uh, par- paralyzations, um, where I'd be completely paralyzed. Uh, now, I had always, uh, it had always taken me a while to go to sleep, at least 45 minutes, uh, sometimes even longer. Uh, but uh, as I lay there, and I would do uh, these breathing meditations for sports, because I, I knew it helped me in sports. So I would do these breathings. Um, and the breathings kept me awake. And I was, I naturally go to sleep. It takes me a while to go to sleep anyway, but the breathings kept me awake even longer. So uh, as I fell asleep, I was able to feel the paralyzations that everyone has, but they usually miss because they're dead asleep. But those breathings uh, helped me to extend the, uh, the range of consciousness, how awake I was able to be uh, as I fell deeper and deeper to sleep. Where the body goes to sleep, but the mind is still awake. It's still awake doing those breathings. <clears throat> so, uh, and the pa- par- paralyzations were deep too, but uh, uh, I began to deal with them, struggle with them, and find out what they were uh, through trial and error. And I had about uh, 12,000 out-of-bodies at the lowest count. And uh, the paralyzations, it's actually the, the signal uh, and the beginning of uh, an out-of-body. So whenever you, get a, whenever you feel like you're getting paralyzed and can't move, uh, when you're asleep or halfway in between sleep and waking, uh, and you're becoming paralyzed, that's the beginning of the onset of the out-of-body experience. And if you ride that out, trying not to fight the paralysis, you'll find yourself because the paralysis will stop. You'll find yourself uh, slowly floating out of your body, lifting up. Uh, some people hear uh, mechanical-type construction, warehouse noises, like the kind of sounds that uh, Nine Inch Nails makes in some of their songs. Uh, but uh, you want to try to ride out the paralysis. The more you fight the paralysis, the more they'll tighten the grip on you. And the paralysis seems to come from an outside uh, outside the person's uh, like thought and volition and will because uh, most people don't like them no one wants to be completely constricted uh, while you're half awake and half asleep and barely able to breathe um, so you have to breathe really the only way you can breathe uh, during those paralysis is through your stomach and 
if you hold your breath, you'll have just enough strength to break out of the paralysis uh, because uh, paralysis during sleep is also a symptom of uh, alien abduction activity. But it is a symptom of the out-of-body. So uh, after paralysis stopped, there's a fear of falling backwards, uh, either into space, because you probably have your eyes closed, or falling backwards through your bed. The person will start to feel, uh, uh, during the paralysis or slightly after, a vibration. Some people feel like they're in a, 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 a swing, a hammock. That swings back and forth. Some people, it's more like a, a paint shaker thing. But uh, you have the paralyzation, the vibrations, and then the body will begin to, on its own accord, lift up out of the physical. And if you continue those breathings, those breathings are like a, a bridge, uh, a bridge that helps you uh, continue your consciousness. It's called continuity of consciousness, where you go from the dream state you go from the awake state to the dream state with with the unbroken stream of memory. You can remember every detail. That also helps in dreams too. So the paralyzations, the vibrations, and then the sensation of floating upward. Now, some people uh, believe that they're actually floating downward, but that's because their spirit body is coming up and they feel like they're going down. You can actually feel uh, both of your bodies at the same time just like a person on the operating table where they, where they feel the surgeon cutting them, but uh, at, and at the same time observe it from the corner of the operating room. So there's a, a, a dual physiology and a dual consciousness uh, to go with that physiology because uh, man is a uh, uh, dual nature by nature. So uh, the out of bodies, it's just a natural part of our nighttime activities. And most people, uh, we're tired, we come home, we plop in bed, you know, after the Monday night football game, whatever. And then we uh, forget to like work on or even really notice like the dream uh, world and the dream activities and when we dream, how we dream, what time we dream and all that. So uh, like a, just like a careful study of dreaming, it kind of opens up a whole new world. It's a world of nighttime. It's the world of the subconscious. It's also the world of your invisible spirit body, which is a double of yourself and comes out uh, during the out of body. Um, if, when the person comes out of their body, Dave, uh, there's a, what, you, what, uh, what is called a cord reach activity. And the guy who I learned this from and who I felt matched me to the T, maybe even more so because he did it so much earlier than me, was a Scottish-American named Sylvan Muldoon. Now, he was in the 1927 days, and he wrote a, a good book on out-of-bodies uh, that I checked, and it had everything that I had had, and, but decades before. So he was the only one I saw who knew as much about out-of-bodies as I did. And um, this is before the research and all of that. But uh, So the out-of-body, just like the dream, those are two primary pathways to the higher levels uh, or higher dimensional realms that you can access invisibly. Um, and uh, it's important and critical for the person to uh, uh, know their dreams, uh, try to control their dreams, be able to analyze their dreams, practice their dreams, and then work on out-of-bodies. Like the person can have the same after effect 
from a powerful dream as they can get from a near-death experience. So the out-of-body and dreams are the two most natural and primary steps uh, on that path to like advanced spirituality or advanced mysticism. They're actually prerequisites and they can be achieved. For you, I mean, the way that that you have had to learn, you had to learn through experience. This isn't something you went to school for. This isn't something that you were studying. I mean, it, it was happening as a natural phenomena to you. You know, growing up and learning more about this, like you said, how it in, it enters your dream state, how it enters other points of consciousness. Did you ever think that uh, this would be something, Eugene, that defines you and your life's work? I liked the esoteric fields when I was, well, when I was a kid, it wasn't until after high school that I felt that I would want a future in like the psychic world, the psychic research or psychic uh, develop. Uh, but during the high school and junior high and elementary school days, those things that I did ask for at age nine, I did not want at all because they were like a hindrance to, you know, going to bed on time and. Sometimes I'd be dead tired in school. And then I was still, uh, back then, age 11, well, from 6 to 16, uh, it took me about seven years to age 13 before I could finally control what was happening to me, uh, uh, knew expertly what was happening to me, because I would have sometimes like six of these things a night, and they'd be intertwined with uh, lucid dreams, um, out of bodies, and um, there's one other thing, but uh, so the dreams and the out of bodies were intertwined so much. Like I would have a dream and an out of body, so I got used to both of them, backwards and forwards. And uh, those are the two primary steps to get to all those other fields. And uh, just from an actual one-time experience in those things, the person's uh, uh, the totality of their self expands many times over. And uh, if you were to have another and another, then you would become occurrence prone, where the nighttime activities and psychic experiences start happening in the daytime. And then the person begins to live in both worlds at the same time. Okay. So as someone, or, or let me rephrase, how can someone live in both worlds at the same time? Okay. Well, uh, first, they want to fully be aware of this physical world. Um, and then and it, it takes a while, say, uh, usually to about uh, when the person's 18 and have uh, kind of uh, cemented reasonably well, then they can begin to really experiment and begin. But uh, a person can start younger, too. Uh, to live in both worlds, the person, you always want to uh, look for messages from the other side or the other world like when we're awake we want to look for intuitions or or uh hunches or uh, uh spiritual revelations from our higher mind or the dream world and they, they both operate in the same uh plane or dimension which is called the second heaven but so the person first uh, masters uh, to some degree their physical world then they begin at night, and it should be done each night, to develop that dream world. Uh, that dream world, uh, its 
person is your invisible spirit body. Uh, the person, everyone has a, an invisible spirit body that will live on after death. And it's that same spirit body that we uh, become during our dreams and, and especially out of bodies. So it's not the literal person floating up, you know, in the sky. It's their spirit body form. Um, and so once uh, you begin to make communication with your subconscious mind, and the subconscious mind is the conscious mind of your spirit body, um, and uh, a dialogue must take place between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Once those two minds meet, it's said in the holy book that you can then do anything. You can have anything in this world. And it's true. You can. Um, <clears throat> so uh, you want to work on the dreams. To you working on them so much that you start thinking about them in, in the daytime. Uh, also, there are uh, a little test. And you want to, tr you want to uh, develop your dream memory. You want to work on your lucid dreaming. You want to try dream experiments like uh, imagine yourself flying, even uh, running and taking off flying. Um, but you want to develop that other side, your subconscious, that silent inner you that comes out at night and operates at night and watches over. You want to develop a relationship with that. And then you can be awake inside and out at night and day. And in time, those two minds will, they have already met. Then soon they will merge and become one mind uh, where the subconscious is the genie and the conscious mind, which is weaker, is the boss. So you want to get in tune with that other side of you because he, lived, he or she lives in the invisible realm that your spirit body and your subconscious uh, exist in too. And so... Um, when you're thinking about your inner activities as much as you think about your nighttime, uh, your daytime activities, then that living in two worlds will uh, begin. And it'll begin heavily. There are other things that you can do too, like uh, the breathing meditations. If you're right-handed, start using your left hand. Uh, go without talking for a day, without saying anything. Or even a week. I've done it for a week. Um, the breathing. So there's a lot of things you can do, but you definitely want to get, you can even ask yourself to get in contact with your higher self. That's the real you uh, that will always live on and never die. Um, also can give you, it, that's the you that can get anything that you ask it to. Is a near-death experience, Eugene, about spiritual enlightenment? Uh, that's that's just one of the side effects of the near death. Uh, it's actually about um, awakening to a higher way of uh, being. It's about. Um, it's actually like a. It's now the near the death itself is no gift, but the experience is a great gift, and it's uh, the near death is a spiritual out of body. So it happens in a spiritual way. And uh, it's different uh, than a normal out-of-body because it's much more expansive. Uh, you have the full 360-degree vision. You can, if you choose, you can look at your spirit body, see it sparkling, and it's translucent where you can look right through it. Uh, 
and also with the spiritual out-of-body and with the normal out-of-body, uh, once soaked in the ether of the cosmos, the residue that you bring back with you when you wake up uh, stays with you forever and increases every year. So uh, please, please, let no me, one wants- please let me inter- interrupt you right there because I think you said something important. Uh, what is the residue that you bring back? There's Eddie. Um, the residue is the cosmic energy that's uh, all around us. Like some people might call it the force. Uh, it's the residue is the cosmic energy that's in the ether itself. It's also the electromagnetic energy that's in the air itself. And we're electromagnetic uh, by nature. And uh, and Dave, what was your question? Well, just you, you had mentioned that you bring back some residue of knowledge when you come yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, any uh, experience that's spiritual, especially the heavy ones like a, a out of body UFO abduction or near death, uh, just being outside of this atmosphere in spirit form in that um, uh, dark matter, in that cosmic energy. Um, uh, you absorb it and you can absorb it purposely I did that during my near death I took a big breath as an experiment and just drew it in now uh, that kind of energy we won't be able to see just like a radio waves we can't see them but you can breathe it in uh, in out of body, body form you can also go to a haunted house and pull it in that way and I did that uh right before the near-death research started. And you can get a lot of energy that way. But uh, the residue happens. It can happen even during a dream. It's anything that happens when you're in that spirit body form, especially if it's a pleasant experience or unpleasant experience. Once you're in the out-of-body form, uh, you're encased in that cosmic residue or uh, dark matter. This January, give dry a try with Athletic Brewing Company. Their award-winning non-alcoholic beers are full of flavor and come with zero downsides and no hangovers. And with dozens of craft styles in their lineup, you can try IPAs, Goldens, and more whenever and wherever works for you. So this January, don't sit on the sideline. Give Dry a try. Stock up at athleticbrewing.com and save 20% on the Give Dry a Try variety pack or anything else with the code SPOTIFY20 at checkout. This January, give Dry a try with Athletic Brewing Company. Their award-winning non-alcoholic beers are full of flavor and come with zero downsides and no hangovers. And with dozens of craft styles in their lineup, you can try IPAs, Goldens, and more whenever and wherever works for you. So this January, don't sit on the sideline. Give Dry a try. Stock up at athleticbrewing.com and save 20% on the Give Dry a Try variety pack or anything else with the code SPOTIFY20 at checkout. Or, or, you know, electromagnetic energy, whatever the person might want to call it. You know, um, and uh, it helps you. It helps um, cement you and it helps uh, advance you. Um, it's interesting that that cosmic world because uh, it's like limitless and you can have or know almost anything you want. You just have to go about it in the right way and for the right reasons. But uh, yeah, uh, that's. Just kind of like the the after fear that someone has when a dog jumps out of out at them, that's the same type of residue, but in a cosmic uh, way. 
Yeah. And, and the experiences give it to you. Makes a lot of sense. Eugene, we have two minutes to go before we have to go to break. At the bottom of the hour, author, researcher, Eugene Braxton is with us. And Eugene, the idea that we have this ability, that all of us allegedly have this ability, okay, how come it seems so difficult to tap into? Um, well, for some, it is difficult. Um, a lot, most of it's just knowledge and then uh, practice. Because uh, everyone has it to varying degrees. And if a person doesn't have it, they can in- increase it through uh, simple things like crystals, silver, uh, breathing meditations. Maybe they're not even doing their breathing meditations. That's the primary way to get all of these uh, um, beneficial experiences, the breathing meditations. You have to do that. That'll jumpstart the dreams. It'll cause you to have an out-of-body and you'll just be super psychic uh, in daytime and at nighttime, too. Uh, the, med- the meditations, the dream work, the out-of-bodies will occur. After the out-of-bodies, the person begins to have experiences in daytime, not just at the nighttime. <laughs> All right, Eugene, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we got a bunch of questions coming on up for you regarding the near-death riddle. And I got to tell you, uh, I have such anxiety about this topic. And I know, Eugene, you and I have talked about that for years. But I have such anxiety around this topic because I think I'm like pretty much every other human out there. I don't want to die. kind of like it on this side, you know. But what if the other side is just as awesome? And it doesn't matter whether you're agnostic, Christian, atheist, Whatever religion you want to choose or no religion at all, this is about consciousness, the soul, moving on, philosopher, author, researcher, Eugene Braxton, near-death experiences. We got him for another 90 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. This is going to remain absolutely awesome tonight. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the second half hour. Very strong start, my friend. A very strong start. Good, Dave. Good. Um, <clears throat> are you doing this on your phone? I'm doing it on my iPad, but I have it turned sideways. You think I should turn it? Well, like I'm it? just. Uh, do you have headphones? Because we're, we're getting a little bit of crackling behind your voice. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm Let just wondering if headphones would change that. Yeah, let me put them in. Yeah. Or I can try. Yeah. That's a great looking shirt, my man. Yeah, thanks. I got it today for the show. I wanted to dress up a little. Well, the hair looks fantastic. Yeah? Thanks, Dave. Uh, Yeah, trying to get the afro together. Can you hear me now? Yes, now we can. Yep. Can you just uh, give me a little test? Okay. Yeah, that that seems much better, my friend. That seems much better. Okay. Okay. Uh, I want to adjust this picture. Let's see. Uh, okay, just move this right here. 
Uh, and, and for our people who are planning on coming to our Las Vegas fan party, Mr. Braxton will be making his attendance known. And uh, he will be there. And I don't know about you, but I've known Eugene through this show for about, how long has it been? Six, seven years now, Eugene? Seven years, almost eight. It'll be eight this fall. Eight this fall. And he Uh is one of the people that I I just cannot wait to meet. Cannot wait to meet. Trying to get this. And apparently Kira is going to be taking me shopping in Las Vegas so I can update my wardrobe for the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Kira's cool. Mm -hmm. I may have to, let's see, damn it. Uh, You're sounding fine, my man. Okay, I'm just trying to get this propped. Up. Uh, you got a couple of books. Right. Um, wait, wait a second. Okay, maybe this will work. Oh, so that was a good, uh, good half. Yeah, it was a very good half. Okay, good. Yeah, I think. Okay, let's see. I think this might work. I have to just hold it. Or was that, how was this? Was that better? Uh, either way works fine, Eugene. Either way. Okay, I'll switch it. I'll switch it the next half. Yeah. Uh, Laura in our chat room, brand new listener. She is wondering, what's the writing on the wall behind you? Okay, I can, that's a good question. It's uh, it's a page out of my book, and uh, in this one brief paragraph, it describes the research and the book. And I hold it up to the camera. Maybe you guys can read it. I don't know if you can read it. I could read it out to you. Uh, but, um, we only got about a minute or two here, my man. Yeah. Even more interesting is this. It's a picture from the book. Yeah. But I'll read that thing out uh, later. It's about the controlling agent in charge. (laughs) All right. Oh, Kira, I I need a new blazer. I need a new blazer, Kira. That's what I need. And by the way, I'm teasing about that. Even though probably on the Thursday I'll go shopping. But there we go. Uh. Hey, Doug Shelby, the Doug Shelby. We do it to get it done. Uh, we do it. Yeah, I turned down uh, his mic a little bit, Joseph. Um, I think we're good now. All right, big thank you to Max, Susie, and Deb for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support that you're giving us here on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you to everyone who has hit that subscribe button. Laura, you make sure you hit that subscribe button because we are here seven days a week. Hi, Val, Southwest PA. How are you? Good to have you back. Dark Winter Wolf, good to see you. And uh, we are going to uh, get the second half hour going here momentarily. Hey, 
We want to see you all at our Vegas party, May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget. Look right down on the scroll right there. Tells you how to do it. Here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate it. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora. Yes, a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go, second half hour, talking near-death experiences and the riddle behind it. Our guest tonight, philosopher, author, researcher, Eugene Braxton is with us. Eugene, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Dave, for Uh, having me. I want to get right to it because one of the experiences that many people have when they have an out-of-body or near-death experience is the silver cord that attaches from the belly button and it just seems to be connected to your soul so you can always find your way back. A lot of people for the first couple of times panic with this, you know, trying to uh, grab it and use it like a rope to pull yourself back in, but all you're doing is pulling that silver cord out further and further until it snaps back. And, uh, you know, tell us about this silver cord, my man. Yeah, Dave. Uh, The silver cord is like a spiritual umbilical cord that's always attached. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Feeling stuck when it comes to writing? Jasper is an AI writing assistant that helps you break through writer's block, create blogs, social content, add variations, really anything you can imagine, much faster than you would on your own. With Jasper's text-to-image generator, you can even create original art. Convey your best ideas better and faster with Jasper. No more blank pages or unfinished pieces. Try Jasper for free at jasper.ai today to you whenever you're outside your body um i've had the experience with it two or three times it can extend to any range um and it can be as thin as a pencil to as thick as a cable wire like on the telephone poles or uh as thick as like the movie usher theater ropes the red ropes like that um the breathing in and out, because you can breathe in spirit form, uh, is connected uh, to that umbilical cord. So uh, the umbilical, I mean, the, uh, the silver cord uh, keeps you tethered to your body, which is still back in bed. 
And uh, I was playing in out-of-body form one day, high up in the sky, about 7.12. Uh, I knew it was 7.12. I could see the sun coming up, and I knew I'd have to get to bed, get, to, get up soon for school. So I was playing up near the clouds, just uh, rolling, doing flips and stuff. And I felt something tugging at me from behind. Um, I felt something tug at me from the front, my belly. And I turned, and, and when I looked, uh, um, and um, the uh, silver, the, uh, the umbilical cord, spiritual umbilical cord, uh, was attached to my belly all the way down through the clouds to my house. And uh, it started yanking me. That meant it was time for me to go back in my body. I had been out too long. Um, and so I said, no, I'm, I want to stay out and play now because I have to go to uh, school soon. So I'm going to play and continue to do my flips in the air. And it, I felt it tugging again. And I still resisted. Then it yanked me through the air all the way down the sky and then into my bed. I woke up with like a seven-minute headache that did go away. There was another time when I was walking down the street about 5.40 a.m. in the morning. Um, and I felt a tugging at my back. And it was at the back of the head. And um, I said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to go where I want. There's like a drugstore down the street that's all comic books. And I said, I'm going there. I was trying to use my will. And uh, then it, and it started pulling harder. It pulled so hard, I had to lean forward to keep moving, like, like you were in a strong wind. Then it yanked me through the street all the way back into my bed again, dead with a headache. I was in out-of-body form, of course, but I still felt the repercussions in myself physically. So that's what that thing is. It vibrates uh, at the same time as your heart and pulse vibrates. You can look at it and see it vibrating with your own heartbeat. And uh, it's alive, too. It's like a, the baby's umbilical cord. It's the exact same thing, except it's uh, spiritual. When you want to look at it, it appears. And when you don't want to see it, it's not there. That's what that is. Okay, so the idea, Eugene, that that the silver cord is there, it's always there. How come it's not there during a an astral travel? It, it only seems to be there during an out-of-body experience, or even some near-death. Other near-death experiences don't seem to have that cord. Yeah, that's a, that's a good uh, thing that you mentioned, Dave, because um, the, uh, the cord, silver cord, umbilical cord, does seem to happen when the person is having uh, an uncontrolled uh, out-of-body, like a body, an out-of-body experience that they didn't plan and purposely have. Um, now, when I had, when my cord pulled me back in, I was semi-conscious. That is, I was in a dream consciousness, but not fully as awake as I am now, or the person might be in an out-of-body experience. But um, uh, also, during a near death, that cord might be, uh, da not damaged, but damaged or fractured or lessened. But uh, uh, it's, it's always there, whether invisible or invisible. So it still might be there, but you have more freedom with the uh, out-of-body from the near-death or a conscious out-of-body. Because a person can have an out-of-body where they don't realize they're having an out-of-body. They can think that they're dreaming. And had they realized 
that they were in out-of-body form, which you can do by jumping in the air and see if you come down slow, they would have woken up fully actualized in the dream world um, or woken up invisible in the real world. That's the full out-of-body when you wake up invisible in this world. Eugene, I'm going to get you to turn your microphone down a little bit on your end through your headphones because it seems like uh, your audio has all of a sudden gone real crackly again, and we want to make sure that huh. we, we have the ability to to uh, bring the, the uh, full message uh, to our people who are listening. The near-death experience can be very frightening and scary for many people. You know, what if people or what do people see when they go to the other side, when when they have that near-death experience? Um, there's a lot of things that are seen. Uh, usually, uh, 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 the person begins usually by seeing their dead body uh, nearby that they had just come out of. And then upon seeing their dead body and recognizing it, they then realize, I'm dead, yet I'm still alive. And you're surprised, but you're more elated because you're still alive. And you, you, the sight of your dead body reminds you, I just died. Uh, that's what happened to me. Um, and uh, repeat the question, Dave. Do most people see the same thing? Um, uh, yes and no. Um, I mean, people have uh, the general things that they see, uh, the life review, a godlike figure, maybe loved ones, and um, then others see more than that. Um, just like in everything, uh, especially in the spiritual world, that happens. It also has a subset, like the person uh, has an out-of-body, and they're flying in out-of-body form. But the subset of that is that they're actually in bed, uh, uh, dreaming that they're having an out-of-body, but they're physically in bed. Um, the near-death near death too also has a subset. So um, sometimes a person may get uh, pieces of what they see in the near-death uh, blended in with the reality of what is really happening. Like, for example, uh, <clears throat> like the flying dream, the person's flying, and... Um, they wake up and remember it as a dream, but the subset was that they were having an actual out-of-body but just didn't realize it. It can go in reverse, too, where the person's having an out-of-body and thinks it's only a dream. Um, so uh, certain subsets or, or leaves uh, can um, interpenetrate uh, what they are seeing visually. And these things can be invisible where they don't even realize that they're seeing them. Um, but uh, generally, you have the mountains, the cities of uh, lights. Uh, uh, there are all kinds of colors. These colors are alive. The colors have sound, 
red. Uh, brown was sad for me. Um, now the, the color white has the strongest, uh, it's the strongest color and the strongest light of all of them. It usually comes last. Uh, the color white uh, comes, it's like the shadow of heaven, the rays of heaven. And these uh, white light rays, because you don't hear people talking about the white light too much. You hear it, but you don't hear fully about it. So these uh, white light rays that people go into, and they say only one in 10 go into them, but anyone can access them, even through a dream if you do it properly. Um, these white lights uh, purify you because you're going up to a high realm and you're going to see someone who's in that realm. So you're first cleaned and then you're elevated. Every stain is removed. Your consciousness and uh, intelligence and health is elevated because you're going to see someone who you can't see in the earthly condition that you were uh, on your way up uh, during the ascension. Uh, so the white lights primarily, uh, they're the introduction into that highest realm or the third heaven. Uh, they go through you. Um, they elevate uh, they purify you um, and elevate you to the highest height. Uh, and the white light will leave after effects on you that will, again, uh, increase exponentially year after year after year. Even if you don't want it, it can, the increase can be something good like health or safety from your family or good luck. Uh, so these things, even though it, like, uh, it might start out rough like a near death or even an abduction, a lot of times, uh, the after effects are super beneficial. Um, but uh, people a lot of times see what they want to see. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader -leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Uh, the husband who was married for 60 years might desperately want to see his wife who died 30 years ago, and they do see each other. And in that realm, what you, reality and illusion are super blended into, until it becomes one single uh, duality. Uh, it's not easy to explain, but... Um, uh, so the more developed the person's spiritual vision is uh, during real life, the higher it will be um, during the out-of-body or near-death. But uh, you don't have to be necessarily developed uh, before, although if you uh, do have the out-of-body experience or near-death and you are 
higher developed as a human before the near-death, then you'll understand it a lot more than someone who's never had a near-death or doesn't, you know, understand it or know about it. So, uh, but uh, you see a lot of things and uh, it's filled with reality and illusion. And it's, uh, is they're so tightly interwoven that it becomes one singular reality that it takes uh, reflection and memory to understand fully and comprehend what happened uh, and, and how and the whys and the wheres and, and like that. But um, yeah, you see, uh, you see things that it's hard to, um, you just see everything, really. You can see anything you want. A lot has to do with what you focus on, a lot has to do with your desires. Uh, uh, you can even imagine something and it'll appear in front of you. So that world's kind of, it's a thought actuated, but the near death is a symbolic, nonverbal, thought actuated, a dimensional realm. So uh, strict control of the thoughts and, and emotions uh, will produce the best effects because no one wants uh, a leopard jumping out of them because they couldn't control their thoughts. And generally, uh, in that nonverbal realm, you uh, interface with things. You don't really go around there controlling things and having your way uh, because there is uh, a controlling element uh, that the scientists refer to as the controller and that I call the controlling agent in charge, who seems to uh, roam all the paranormal corridors at will, uh, uh, assisting or not assisting, but always overwatching and always there. And this controlling agent was also in the near depth, too. The world authorities uh, did not release, uh, withheld the information about the controller or the controlling agent in charge from the public because it represented a God figure or the opposite of a God figure. And that wasn't happening on college campuses back in 97, 99 to 2002. Um, so they simply uh, did not tell the people about it. But since I wasn't fully connected like that, uh, my work was strictly with them, not to the university. I decided that I will check out the controller and I will tell the people if they don't want to. You know, the college dean isn't going to like him saying that the controller is a devil or God figure, which it is. Um, and they can't say that because they'll lose their tenure. They're not their professors. It's supposed to be all science. But I can. So I checked it out. And it was what we had surmised it would be. Um, Got to ask you here, you know, do people experience the same peace, love, and light? Or does it depend on the type of person they are as a human on, on whether or what if they're agnostic or atheist on what type of experience they get? Because we have heard people being chased by demons or going to hell during these. or It's very rare, but we have heard of this, Eugene. Yeah, it is rare, but uh, like you said, they, they do happen. They do sound kind of wild and scary, too. A lot of times the person deserved it, like uh, the uh, Daniel Brinkley, where he was kind of a bully, and he kind of got paid back. Or or perhaps he uh, re-felt what he had done to others, and that happens during the life review. But he, he said he was actually in some kind of actual physical hell. 
Um, but the near death brings primal ecstasy because it is a God-loving, life-saving thing. Near death, primal ecstasy, alien abduction, primal fear. And these uh, uh, feelings come naturally. Uh, the ecstatic love, the nirvanic bliss of merging with God. And in the near death, the person does merge with God. They can see God. They can meet God uh, because uh, they had just been saved by God. It's uh, always man's natural inclination to merge back in with, uh, with where we're from and to merge back in with the creator or home. So we're naturally inclined to ascend upward past the light and get into our Father, our God, uh, who is in heaven. There's a real one who is there. I wanted, always wanted to know that when I was a kid. I asked God to show me uh, that you're real. And two years later, he, he did. And uh, it's, he's, I can't really say enough about him. He's given me everything I wanted. And uh, so now there's hardly uh, not a lot that I want because uh, he's given me everything I wanted. And uh, it's just it's just the mystic's goal and dream is to have a one on one conscious emerging with God. And it's a it's a thing you, you want to do and you can do over and over and over till you're just walking in his light. And it's a good place to be. And uh, so God's the ultimate fountainhead. Um, because uh, you don't go into the near death and just roam around. There's a, a an, an apex, there's a climax, and that climax is God. And the uh, the person, whether they want to or not, will reverently bow down in humbleness when God comes in front of them. And God will come to you as we can't go to him. It would take us a thousand lifetimes. So it's a, a thing of glory and grace and... Uh, like humility, and uh, it's just, it's so um, deep when you die and then you're brought back to life. Uh, because, I mean, it's a shock to die, and we can go over the death process later if you like, but then to regain consciousness after death, and usually takes between 15 and 22 seconds, that's a tripped out thing. But you see your dead body, you realize I am dead, yet I still live. And then you begin to explore the other realms. And just like uh, when the person is ascending up through the lights, in my case, it was orange, red, and then white. Uh, and I forgot what I was going to say about the ascension. It'll come back in a second. But uh, it's a marvelous thing that near death. And... Uh, Levitation is normal there. You'll uh, meet, you'll just start floating, and you'll let it happen. Surrender, especially during the the death fall down when the person begins to die. And there's a few stages in that. Like the person, let's see how much time they have. Okay, like when the person dies, they have the struggle for life and death. Uh, then they have the fall, where the struggle for life and death. In my case, I drowned. I drowned, I, I struggled as much as I could until I couldn't struggle more. I was full with air. And then the uh, paralyzation, the movement stopped. And surrender and acknowledgement that this might be it came in. And so I was full with air, couldn't move. My physical capacities had stopped. Um, 
So there's the struggle for life and death, where you're struggling. There's the fall, where you fall down to die. There's the death slowdown. Let's see, check the time. Death slowdown, where time begins to slow down. Whenever there's a slowdown in uh, time that you can see and sense, that uh, means that there's also a dimensional change. And there's also a, a change in the level of consciousness. And uh, that's something else we'll have to talk about later, uh, level of consciousness and dimensional change, because uh, just remind me if you can. But so uh, there's the fall, the depth struggle, the fall, the depth slowdown, where things slow down, and then paralysis sets in thick then. You can hear and see, but you can't move, and your eyes are locked straight ahead. Uh, the hearing is the last to go, and you can always hear your heartbeat, and you can hear it well. Uh, and then the heartbeat snaps off, and then blackness happens, and you're out. And about 15 to 22 seconds later, the exact time it takes for a person to come out of their body and wake back up, the person comes out of their own death body and regains consciousness um, in spirit body form. I regain consciousness in spirit body form and can see the molecular changes. I could see the spirit body materializing. Um, and we'll continue. I know it's, it's coming up for a break, but uh, there's a, a lot to it. It's a, a really glorious thing to have. It really changed my life. And, uh, but like you said, no one wants to die because that's a tripped out thing too. Well, um, I mean, I think the biggest fear that many people have, Eugene, is the fact that what if this is all the body shutting down? What if this is imagination? You know, what if this is mind play? <clears throat> Excuse me. And it doesn't really go on. I know that's what scares me. I know that's what scares uh, a lot of people out there, you know, but then we have to rely on people like you who've studied it and ran with it and uh, have had experiences with it to let us know that maybe, just maybe, there's nothing to fear. Author, philosopher, researcher, Eugene Braxton, The Near-Death Riddle. We continue with Eugene, and we'll take your questions next in hour number two of Spaced Out Radio. We're having a great night tonight, and great information from our good friend Eugene Braxton. We'll be right back. All right, we are clear. Eugene, I'm going to put you back in the green room. Okay. And I'm just going to step away for a quick break here, uh, go refill one of my glasses, and I'll be right back, okay? All right, Dave. <clears throat> All right. Uh, people on YouTube, I will be right back. Don't leave. Don't leave. Davey will be right back. Davey will be right back. Right back.
am back. I am back. Hi, everyone. Did my chair move? Anybody? Did my chair move? My chair breathed. Okay. There's my buddy Eugene. Yeah, I had to change up. Oh, look at you. Looking more stylish. Making a wardrobe change. <laughs> hey, Beyonce. <laughs> act number two is coming on up. <laughs> oh, Lord. You having fun, buddy? Yeah, I wanted to change the cam uh, camera thing to help far away. I'm used to it like this. Yeah, it's been good. The time is moving fast. I, I, I want to try and get in all the stuff that I can. Uh, have I been how's the, have I been answering the questions right? Yeah, you've been doing great, buddy. Okay. Yeah, I actually took down some notes about things. Like we can, if you want to talk about consciousness too, we can. Like in the near and after. But uh, yeah, it's okay. I can never tell how it goes until after when I watch the replay, you know? Yeah. You'll notice the microphone issues tonight. We are having microphone issues with you tonight. Oh, should I? Do you want me to try it without the mic? Yeah, try it without the, the headphones again. Uh, can you hear me better? Uh, yeah, not when you move close to it. When you're sitting back, it's better. Okay. Because I can control your volume from here. Okay. One, two, three, four. Yeah, that's better. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll try it this way and uh, go from there. And we got 19 seconds. Thank you, Max, Susie, and Deb for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love, everybody, and uh, we will uh, we will uh, get going here in two seconds. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Basemain. Basemain is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Hour number two 
of near-death riddles. What's it like having a near-death experience? Our good friend Eugene Braxton, author, researcher, philosopher on this subject, joins us tonight. Eugene, welcome back. Thanks, Dave. Very much appreciate you being here, my friend. Okay, we do have some audience questions coming up here for you. Let's start off with Max here. Have you filmed an experiment where an unknown number is placed above you, your out-of-body experience, and then recall the number? If not, why why not, and have you conducted any experiments uh, demonstrating your claims? Um. No, I have I've done that, but not with out of body, just with normal, um, uh, you know, in normal consciousness while normally awake. Uh, but um, the vision in out of bodies is not easy. Just like uh, people have tried to get uh, lottery numbers by out of body, and a lot of times this one uh, number that's blurry or murky, um, and then usually they say just to put a zero in if that's the case. But also, if you try to read like a a theater marquee or a newspaper in the dream or out of body, well, especially in the dreams, it can come out uh, scrambling where the words are literally moving. But uh, so there's not a lot of reading done in out of bodies. You could see something like a number. And I know a near-death researcher did something like that, where he put a number on the ceiling and then asked people if they saw it. But I haven't tried any of that stuff. Um, no, that's a, but it's a good question. All right, let's move on to another question here. Let's go to Joseph. Eugene, have you read the Theuba prophecy, and do you agree with it? I haven't read it. I, I don't know what it is. All right, moving on. Brown Dwarf is asking, Eugene, have you heard of DMT being released during a near-death experience? Could that also explain some of the incredible experiences? Um, not really. There have been people who've had near deaths in a lot of, uh, with a lot of. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Feeling stuck when it comes to writing? Jasper is an AI writing assistant that helps you break through writer's block, create blogs, social content, add variations, really anything you can imagine, much faster than you would on your own. With Jasper's text-to-image generator, you can even create original art. Convey your best ideas better and faster with Jasper. No more blank pages or unfinished pieces. Try Jasper for free at jasper.ai today. Uh, drugs, uh, heroin, DMT, all of those. And the near-death uh, shone through the drug. Uh, the drug was really of no consequence. It had little effect on the near-death. Um, it just, the near-death just permeated any drug. So uh, I, uh, like maybe when I was younger, I might have tried something like DMT or ayahuasca but uh, it's better to really have those uh, experiences uh, naturally or through uh, a disciplined step like a meditation, then dream, and then out of body. Um, 
because the mind can only handle so much and uh, the person will only receive what they can handle mentally. Um, and in this uh, field of uh, spiritual science, it's good not to leapfrog. It's good to take uh, steady foundational steps up, up and up um, because you don't want to jump into something that your psyche uh, will get fractured for. Um, so, uh, yeah. But I know a lot of people are trying the ayahuasca and uh, DMT to get those, but you don't want those shortcuts because the, the after effects may not be that full. You want to do it as naturally as possible. Anything stronger than weed is not really cool. Uh, if you're really trying to get somewhere, if you just want to have an experience, you can do, you know, smoke the pot or smoke the, smoke the plant or whatever and go and, and then try to... Uh, analyze it through the murky mushroom cloud of smoke. It's easier to analyze if you have a straight straight experience uh, without uh, the drugs uh, affecting it. So, yeah. All right. Let's move to another question here. This one from Donna. Have you ever went to sleep and awoke to someone telling you the whole armor of God protects you? I've never went to sleep and, you know, had that happen, but I have heard that say. And it is, God does, the armor of God does protect you, yes. I've gone to sleep and asked for that protection too, also. What's that like? Well, you're, you're asking for the armor of God. Like, the armor of God is like his spiritual protection in your behavior and in your thinking and in your closeness to him so that you can be protected 24-7, uh, enemies within and without, and uh, your enemies will even be taken care of in advance. So, uh, But to be spiritually righteous as much as you can and to, above all, concentrate fully on God. Um, and so, yeah, that's what the armor of God to me is. What about for those who don't believe in God? That's a hard place to be if you're uh, in the spirit, if you want to do work or have experiences in the spiritual realm. Because uh, without, that's like uh, going, that's like being in darkness without a light. So God, uh, and some of those experiences won't even be allowed uh, without his like approval or blessing or permission. It's always better, even for the atheist, uh, to have uh, a powerful weapon when they go into those realms. Because there's, like I say, there's primal fear and primal ecstasy. And um, it's easy to go into those realms and encounter something dark until you develop to such a high point that you never encounter anything dark. Not in those realms, maybe in the real world, but not in those realms. Also, if they... If malevolent spirits see that you believe in God, who they know exists, they flee immediately like a vampire. They get out and get away. Because uh, you can be seen like a, 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 a beacon or a lighthouse. You can be seen from far, far away if you believe in God and have his force with you at beck and call. And he will protect you in those realms, plus you have your own subconscious too. But I would not do nothing in those realms without having God 
in my heart and in my mind. Then you're fully protected. And a lot of stuff can happen there. You come back with white hair, you know. I hear you there. Okay, let's continue on. Mennonite Abe wants to know, Eugene, I have dreamt of flying over treetops for decades. Is it possible this is an out-of-body experience? And hope to meet you at the Vegas party. Yes, Abe, it is. Uh, like you said, you did it repeatedly. And those treetops, uh, it's actually like a dream clue that this could be or is more than a dream. Uh, and often, just like I was saying before, the person will be having a spiritual experience and think it's something normal. Uh, and then the opposite way, the person will have a normal experience and think they met God. So uh, the tr any kind of uh, experience where you're viewing the land from up above, you definitely want to ask yourself, am I dreaming or is this an out-of-body? And um, because in, a, in the out-of-body dream, and out-of-bodies lead to a dream. Like you can have a dream and wake up in out-of-body form. So if a person is having a hard problem with the paralyzations and out-of-bodies, you can also get into an out-of-body from a lucid dream. All you have to do is recognize what the dream clues are. And in this case with Abe, the dream clues were his the, the treetops that he could see below. But the, the consciousness, and maybe, maybe we can talk about that later, consciousness was so dim in that dream consciousness that he didn't realize that it was a dream. He was going on. Normally, I do it and everyone does it, unless you're hyper aware. And those breathings uh, before the dream or routinely every day can develop your uh, spiritual awareness acutely. You'll also be fully aware in real life. But uh, yeah, it's the awareness. Uh, so the Abe's level of consciousness was just slightly dimmer had it been a little brighter, he would have, uh, a little expansive, he could have realized that he was having a dream. Then he would have stepped into the out of body and been awake, but invisible in real life. That's an interesting thing, too. Like you can uh, say, I'm going to have a dream tonight, and I'm going to picture myself standing in front of the McDonald's. And you keep thinking that over and over. And as you drift off, you picture the McDonald's and you say, I'm going to wake up in front of the McDonald's. And if you do those breathings, the image of the McDonald's will begin to slowly come in. And then the surrounding images of that McDonald's. And then you'll be there, but you'll think that you're thinking about it when actually you're really there. And then, so it's, it's easy to walk into a dream, into an out-of-body through the dreams. Um, that was a good question, yes. Okay, let's continue on. Let's go to Tony in the UK. Eugene, what's the best thing that your God has given you? Uh, life, my family, my parents, and my good son, uh, and a knowledge of him. That's what I wanted. I wanted to... I asked God when I was nine, if you show me everything that's in the invisible worlds, because I knew that there were invisible things there, and I want to know about if you show me everything, I will always tell people about you. And I was nine. I forgot about it. And then at age 11, it started heavily. And it kept on till this day. So uh, those three, he's given me himself. He's given me my parents. He even brought me back from death. And uh, I didn't even ask for that. So um, these three, one, I 
fully trust and love. Here we go. Another question for you. Got a few coming from uh, Laura here. Eugene, did you die? Could you tell us about your out-of-body experience, please? Yeah, I did die, uh, Laura. Thanks. Um, so I used to be an athlete. Uh, I also swam uh, in the swim teams and water polo. I played football, track, all that, basketball. Um, when swimming, because of an air infection, I jumped in feet first this time instead of like a racing dive. Uh, I jumped up high like a basketball player, went down deep, and got stuck in the muck of this lake up to the knee. I couldn't jerk or pull out. After a while, uh, I started uh, swallowing all the uh, lake water until I was filled up. Paralyzation set in. I went through that death process. I watched the paralysis creep up from the toes up to the head. Um, the consciousness changed, as the time did too. Uh, uh, the heart beats, and then the lights out booming sound. 15 seconds later, 15 to 22 seconds. Uh, the same time it takes for you to come out of your body is the same time it'll take when you exit your body permanently after a death. Uh, so uh, 15 seconds after I die, I wake back up. 15 to 22 seconds, I wake back up. I regain consciousness after death. I see myself materializing in spirit body form. I then see my dead body. I realize that I did. I just died, yet I st I'm still alive. Uh, then because of that dawning of consciousness that I was still alive, I found myself in the life review room. And that shows a lapse of consciousness. And this happens in dreams and in out-of-bodies and in the near-death and in UFO abductions. Whenever there's a lapse of consciousness, uh, where you go... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you stay at a Verbo vacation home, the host doesn't stay with you. So when you share an inside joke, sunscreen, or a couch, it will only be with people you want to be there. Because without privacy in your vacation home, it isn't really a vacation, is it? Only whole vacation homes, always private. Book on the Verbo app from one location to another location uh, dimensionally uh, that's a lapse of cost of con consciousness it happens a lot in dreams um, that implies that there's something that took place uh, between you getting from there to there and so always uh, watch out for the lapses of consciousness like when you're suddenly in the life review room and then poof you're in another you're on a beach so uh, I realized, and that was a realization of time and space. I realized that I was dead. I realized what time I was in, the time of death. And I realized what space I was in, the afterlife, or what is called the second heaven. 
It's the dimensional realm in between heaven and the physical earth plane. Um, earth, first heaven, uh, invisible realm, second heaven, uh, the heavenly realm where God is the third and final heaven. Uh, three heavens uh, to go with your three consciousness too. Uh, but yeah, so um, had the life review. Um, okay, so I'll show you a picture of it before I'm done. Had the life review. Found myself on a beach-like setting, just like in the movie Contact. Uh, saw a sun in the horizon that began to rise upward in the horizon. Sun was uh, yellow and it turned orange as I watched it. As I watched, I floated upward in unison with, with it. I was, now, I didn't float purposely, but I was levitated upward by an outside force other than my own. Uh, yet I went with it, and I surrendered unto it. Uh, I ascended up to the height of approximately um, 50 yards. I was up about four flights, four stories. This sun sphere that I saw on the horizon uh, that was orange began giving off rays that I could feel, rays of healing. And then as it moved higher up in the sky and I levitated up with it in unison, uh, this red sun sphere became red. And that red was God's forgiving me for what I had done and also purging me of uh, earthly uh, um, elements uh, because the white light would come after that and then that was when I would have a third cosmic cleaning and a cosmic elevation and then go into that light to meet God, to meet and merge with God. That was basically the near death. I go into it in detail in the book, but that was it, basically. And I woke up. Uh, I popped awake uh, I was stuck at the bottom of the lake. There was uh, an upward thrusting force that pushed me up out of the lake. And just like a fish, when he's on the dock of the boat and he seems dead and you throw him back in a bucket of water, he breaks back up. That's how I was. And I got this jolt of uh, life and it propelled me up and I swam up under the dock where I choked out what felt like gallons of uh, lake water. And then I went in shock and just crawled to the beach and just scraped the muck off my knee and off my leg. And they had not had near-death research then, so I didn't know what had happened to me, but I knew that it was real and there was something deep. And then I kind of forgot about it for a couple of years because I was only 14. But that was it. How were you rescued? There, I, there was no rescue. I, uh, God rescued me. Uh, there's been tales where... Uh, uh, pilots have been uh, heading to crash into a mountain and something grabbed them and pulled them out of the cockpit. Uh, there's been tales where people have been pulled out of cars, pulled out of lakes. I was pulled out of that muck. The, my life force was reanimated during that pull. Uh, and then I swam up to the top, choked out the water. So it was just a a spiritual, just a spiritual push that yanked me out of that muck and reanimated my life towards there. Oh, wow. Let's get to another question here from Laura again. 
Please explain heart and brain coherence and consciousness during any transformation. Okay. I, what does she mean by uh, coherence? I have no idea. Maybe just break it down the best you can. All right. Well, let's see. Explain heart and brain coherence and consciousness during my tra any transformation. Well, a lot depends on what transformation you're doing. Like you could be going into a dream where you have dream consciousness. You could, uh, there's a lot of different types of consciousness. And uh, like we have streams of consciousness. We have divisions of consciousness. We have lapses of consciousness. We have deviations in consciousness. There are illusionary veils of consciousness. And we have a duality of consciousness. Uh, just like where the, and this kind of might help, but just like where the person is on an operating table and uh, the doctor's operating for them, on them. The anesthesia makes the person go out of body. He sees the doctor cutting his leg and feels it in his physical body and also in his astral body at the same time. He can also look at the doctor who's working on him through his physical body and at the same time, up near the corner of the ceiling, watch the doctor from down below at the same time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he can look at either face depend just by thinking about it. So that's a thought-actuated world. So whatever you think happens not whatever but whatever you think in your personal space you can't control that realm but you can think you have freedom of thought and uh, whatnot all right let's continue on here go to joseph have you noticed attacks in the physical realm from being spiritually righteous with god i have it happened to me let's see <clears throat> In my 30s and 40s, uh, when I was trying to uh, get ahead and make my mark on the world, um, um, and sometimes there are like moods that come over you, like black clouds of depression. Uh, sometimes there are things where you're missing something. And then you later you found it. We were talk you guys were talking about that on a show the other day. Uh, like you have these little... Um, Sometimes you can have uh, accidents. So there are um, physical attacks. Uh, usually you get a couple of warnings. Um, but I've had physical attacks. Yes. Um, uh, and they go after, especially those who are with God. But uh, if you're really with God, you have a pretty firm protection against them. And uh, usually one will get attacked if they're slipping in their personal conduct or thinking or cleanliness or behavior, anything like that. So the higher you keep yourself, like, you know, uh, not drinking, telling the truth, being well with people, keeping yourself in shape, the less frequent those attacks will be. They always look for a weakness in your character uh, that they can attack. Like if you skirt, chase skirts, uh, anything that's a weakness of character, they'll try to chip at and attack. And if the person's alone, that makes it even worse. That's why you have to have God as that full shield. He'll be with you, even when you're not with yourself. And on that note, Eugene, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We have Eugene Braxton talking about near-death experiences for the next half hour. Yeah, the near-death riddle is what we're getting into tonight. 
author, philosopher, researcher, Eugene Braxton returns for the next half hour of Space Out Radio next. There we go, buddy. Good. You know, Dave, I also have a, a little mini quiz for you and your audience, if you like. It'll only take like a minute or so. Sure. You can do it right now if you want. Okay, that's good. Okay. Let me... Let's see. Place the quiz thing. Uh, let me put on my glasses really quick. There's a question. I have uh, a few questions for everyone. And you can just put uh, the answer, yes or no answers in the book. All right, I can't, I can't find it right now. All right, here it is. Okay, put your answers in the book, if you will. All right, are you, are you left? Here's, and you can ask yourself these questions. Are you left or right-handed? Or both-handed? Do you dream in color or black and white? Or both? Have you ever realized you were dreaming and or woken up in a dream? Have you ever had a falling or flying dream? Have you ever been completely paralyzed? I think we might have covered that while half awake and half asleep. Have you ever been walking by yourself and heard someone call out your name and you turn around and there's no one in sight? That's interesting, kids. Can you close your eyes and feel and hear your heartbeat? That's important. That's good, too. Those are just some of them. Um, that breathing meditation will help you to be so quiet that you'll begin to hear your own pulse and heartbeat. And that's something that a person... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you stay at a Verbo vacation home, the host doesn't stay with you. So when you share an inside joke, sunscreen, or couch, it will only be with people you want to be there. Because without privacy in your vacation home, it isn't really a vacation. Is it? Only whole vacation homes. Always private. Book on the Verbo app. You should be able to do it. And if you can't, uh, once you start doing the regular breathing exercises, you'll be able to. And then uh, you'll be able to slow it down, too, or speed it up. Um, but uh, it's an interesting field, this uh, esoteric mysticism. I also have some quotes later on for the audience today. Okay, I'm going to get you to move again because wherever you were previous to that, we had a real clear connection, and now you're you're getting back into robot mode here. Okay, so do you want me to what? 
Um, I don't know. I'm going to play with your audio here for a second. Okay. I, this damn thing. I'm trying to let's see if I can brace this thing. If you just keep it still right there, okay. I, we've got it kind of lined up. There you go. Yeah, I literally had to hold it with my hand the last few minutes. Our brother Eugene Braxton here will be hanging on out with us in Vegas at the Vegas party. You want information, read the ticker below. Come meet Eugene and many others who will be there. It's going to be awesome. We got a great, great lineup, man. I'm so excited for people who show out, who show up. That should be. That should be nice, Dave. Oh yeah. I, I tell you, I'm going to be hitting the buffets. I tell you that. I'm coming with you. Okay. I'm coming <laughs> with you. <clears throat> Yeah, so, yeah, May will come quick. I know. So I'll register uh, this week. I'll sign up, like, tomorrow. Perfect. Perfect. we got just over a minute, my man. Okay, dude. Eight years you've been with me. Almost. Yeah. Uh, the fall of 15. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I love you. It for went it. quick. It did. Yeah. Eight years. Where's our lady? <laughs> where's Where's our lady Lori tonight? You talking to me? Yeah. You mean Lisa? Lisa, sorry. Oh, she's who knows where she? She may be in Israel. Uh, she's probably working. Mm-hmm. She should have. In fact, yeah, she's hardly made any of the interviews. But, uh, I have to give her one of these. She's gallivanting somewhere. But some girl, probably. <laughs> Thank you to Kira, Max, Susie, and Deb for the super chats. And uh, we're going to get going here. Don't forget, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell. We are here seven days a week for your listening entertainment. Here we go, everyone. point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We have them until the top of the hour. Author, philosopher, researcher Eugene Braxton is here talking about the near-death riddle, and we are having a lot of fun with him tonight. Eugene, welcome back. Thanks, Dave. 
What is the biggest message you want people to know about near-death experiences? That there is a life after death. There is resurrection. And there is a God. And you will be able to meet God, see him, talk with him, and then mix and merge with his essence. And uh, you'll be pretty complete then. But that's the best thing I can say about it. Okay. What about reincarnation? I, um, Dad kind of checked it out. I don't subscribe to reincarnation. Uh, I don't believe that uh, I've lived several different lives or come back as several different personalities. I believe that uh, God makes every one of us super unique where there'll only be one Dave Scott, there'll only be one Eugene Braxton, and there'll only be one of you. I don't think that I'm coming back here. I don't want to come back here repeatedly. Um, And I don't think that God would pull that kind of game on us uh, to have us coming back over and over and over. and so, yeah, I don't, that's why I don't subscribe to, re- I think we live once, we die once, and then we go on to the higher realms. I don't think we come back here for more of this stuff over and over again. And then to lose the memory of it today, to not have all that knowledge is gone, all of, you know, and some talents may slip through if there is a reincarnation, but to lose all those memories of a thousand lifetimes and who has you know, if people live a thousand lifetimes, they'll never have time to make it into heaven. They're too, too busy doing things. But to lose the memories of all that, that's... So I don't I don't think... I think we're unique souls made once, and we go up, and then we go out from here forever. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to some more audience questions here for you. Let's go to Laura. How do you feel about marijuana or mushrooms to get into these higher realms no pun intended i um i think weed pot is okay um mushrooms i tried some when i was 21 and it does expand uh, the consciousness uh, i tried some micro dot and uh, that was pretty nice actually <laughs> um but uh now that I'm at this age, uh, you want clarity and you want truth in things. You don't want any kind of, uh, you don't want anything contaminating the authentic uh, vision of what happened. And uh, even though uh, it said, and I said that drugs can't uh, hamper the near death, it could uh, in affect or influence it uh, just ever so slightly. So you don't get the full, it could even dull where you don't get the full near death. So, and usually when people have these near deaths, they don't intend on having them. They happen accidentally uh, or, you know, they're shot or something. But uh, I wouldn't recommend, I mean, you could try it to uh, get, try it to get to those realms, but you should also know how to get to those realms naturally. Then once you do it naturally, then use the mushrooms or a sliver of the mushroom as an enhancer. But first, uh, develop those things naturally so you get to know it backwards and forwards naturally 
and then use the mushrooms. But I really wouldn't recommend it, especially for anyone who's just beginning or doesn't know about these realms or anything like that. It's because they really, you know, expand your mind. And if you have some small fear in the back of your mind or something that's tripping you out, it's going to come out during the experience. Um, and that's why our consciousness is uh, enclosed so that some memories are buried down and, and repressed. Uh, it's a good thing that we can't remember everything. It might be horrible. It would be good, but it would be bad in some situations too. But I don't recommend... Uh, hallucinogens not for that kind of spiritual trip you'll just tarnish it or stain it uh, those kind of things are aren't high enough even though they're natural they're not high enough spiritually and intellectually to go into those out of body and spiritual realms where you want a complete clarity of uh, consciousness and clarity of thought and vision and the straighter you are the better You'll understand it fully if you have it fully, uh, when naturally and straight. But uh, it's all right to play, I guess, you know, with those things. I'm going to ask you, uh, in regards to, you know, the feeling: should people be seeking this out? Should people seek out the it, experiments? You mean through mushrooms and stuff? through mushrooms or even just should they be seeking out out of body or near death experiences if they if it if they're if if they're if it's hard for them to have uh out of bodies dreams uh and they feel that they need a trigger or a tweaker they could um it depends on the person they could lightly experiment with a, just the a fraction of a sliver so that it almost doesn't affect you, but you feel a little bit. I wouldn't, uh, because then you don't know which to trust, which uh, uh, responses and reactions and after effects to trust. You don't know if it's coming from the drug or from the experience, unless you've done the drug so much like someone on the weed can tell the difference between a spiritual experience and a weed experience. But with the other things, unless you're a pro addict, like some Timothy Leary, and you can uh, tell the difference between a drug high and a straight high, then I wouldn't do it. Because you come back with a scrambling of uh, feedback. And uh, we're just too sensitive to throw something like that in, uh, into that kind of, because we're dealing with our subconscious, and that deals in a different way than the conscious mind. So I wouldn't put any, uh, any of those things in it with a spiritual, like, that's like going to a haunted house on mushrooms. Do that and see what happens. I, I don't recommend it, but uh, that's the same effect. Or going to a graveyard on mushrooms, that's kind of the similar type of thing. So, Because there's, you could experience, experience something negative in those realms and super freak out. You could freak yourself into a heart attack. So uh, I would, the straighter the better. If you can't get through, through them, if you can't get them through dreams or, or consciously, or, you know, through breathings and, and meditations and, and stuff like that, then I wouldn't do it. This You have your gift. This is some other kind of uh, spiritual thing. It's not necessary that the person has these experiences. And not everyone will. All right, let's move on here. Let's go to uh, Nucker. After you die, how long are you stuck in your body? Well, you're, you're kind of really never stuck in your body. But after you die, 
It takes 15 to 22 seconds for your spirit to loosen up from the physical. Come out, rise up, and you regain consciousness. Usually, generally, it takes 15 to 22 seconds, way under a minute. Um, there have been cases where people have uh, stayed dead for a number of uh, hours, even days. I think one Russian guy was dead for three days and came back. Um, but yeah, uh, you are released uh, within 15 to 22 seconds of permanent death. But uh, you won't ever stay no longer than three days. It's super rare. Most people, even three days is rare. Um, but uh, generally within a minute, within 30 seconds. And developing the out of body and dream work now will uh, have you'll be adapted to it when this happens. Because you could have a near death, any of us could have one tomorrow. Or you could have an out of body. So it's good to get used to how that other side of your spirit self works. It's good to know that second, that real aspect of yourself. Because we're, we're a duality of, of a person. We have physical and spiritual selves of ourselves. And we have a, a dual consciousness. We have a our regular conscious subconsciousness, and we have the superconscious that's connected to God. But uh, we have a dual physiology. We have a so um, yeah. I guess that's about it. Being stuck in the body. All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to Laura. Do you feel you're in a three D reality, or do you feel reality is irrelevant? Well, I feel that, uh, well, by three-dimensional reality, we have this reality, but um, piercing through it are elements of, a, of the higher third-dimensional or fourth-dimensional reality. The realities are kind of like streams, and you get into the stream by uh, altering or elevating your consciousness. Uh, the consciousness also changes uh according to the reality that you're in. Um, and when your consciousness changes, uh, see, the thought changes the consciousness in these uh, out-of-body realms. And when your thought and consciousness changes, also your dimensional location in time and space changes. So you'll say that I want to be at my mom's house. And before you know it, you're speeding there um, <laughs> I lost track for a second. No um, worries. But the, yeah, I hate that. Uh, but the thing is, um, there are streams of consciousness that are flowing uh, all the time. Just like when someone has deja vu, that's another stream of consciousness. You can get into these streams through meditation, through fasting, or just through a different mode of thinking. Even something visually can get you like the spiral spinning around and around. But you want to get into that other level and get used to it. And, and one of the best ways, most natural and safest ways is to the breathings, the dream work, and which will lead to out-of-bodies. The out-of-bodies will then lead to daytime spiritual experiences. And then you'll begin to have experiences at nighttime and in the day, completing both sides of yourself. 
because that we woefully neglect that spiritual side of ourselves. And it's there with us all the time, ready to help us do whatever we want. And I've tested it time and time again. It always works. You just have to know how to communicate with it. And, uh, and when the two of you inside of yourself agree on having anything in this world, it will be given to them by the Father who is in heaven. I've tested that since I was 19. And it works. Once you tell your higher self what you want and see it in your mind, it'll, it will come to you. Uh, so it's good to, and that higher self is connected to God. So you have the higher self, your subconscious to help you, and God. Most people don't call on God until it's the last chance they have. They try and do it themselves using their own human willpower. When uh, they could have called on God immediately, and he would have helped them for free. Um, God does help the person, and then the next day they fully forget about him again. But uh, it's a good God to do that over and over for the person, <clears throat> for us humans. But um, if you have God in it, you won't want for anything and you'll always be protected. I mean seriously protected. Where people who were just thinking of doing something to you aren't even around anymore. They are gone. So it's a good thing to check out. And uh, all you have to do is ask. He doesn't force you. He won't even make you. But if you ask, he'll uh, bring you in and give you anything you want, anything. I've tried it many times. Let's head over to Susie. Is it possible to heal traumas in the astral? Yes. Yes. A lot has to do with the visualization. Um, You could also, uh, and then like... uh, with the astral, that's going back to the dream. So you start visualizing in your dream. That mental thought of being healed now will seep down into your subconscious, and which is the mind of your spirit body. Once the spirit body heals itself or is healed, then your physical body will be healed first. But it all starts in the spiritual, just like an idea starts inside and then germinates outside. So the healing... Uh, they, here's how they said that Jesus healed people. He would uh, he would find the uh, person who was sick or whatever. He would go into their house. He would have the other people get out of the room. He would shut the door. <laughs> he would lie down on a table or a bed right next to the person. Jesus would come out of his body. He would then work on the dormant or uh, resting spirit body of the individual. And he would do it just uh, by uh, uh, through thought actualization, looking at it and saying that you're a healer or rolling his hands on it. But the healing, he would come out of, Jesus would come out of his body, uh, work in spirit form on the other person's body, come back into his, get back on the table, come back into his body and tell the other people not to tell anyone what they saw or heard. And then the person would wake up and be all right. So it's a, healing happens on the physical. So if you can wake up in the physical or have a dream that you're healing yourself, it should, uh, it will trump, it will continue down in from the out of from the spiritual into the physical. And yes, so you can heal your own self. You don't need aliens or anything like that. <laughs> very true. Very well put. Eugene Braxton is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio Near Death Experiences. We have until the top of the hour. You know, let's talk about the astral realm. What can we see when we're in there? 
can we see other deities? Can we see extraterrestrials? Can we see uh, other spiritual animals or or any type of spiritual beings? Yeah, that's a good question, Dave. Um, like a lot of what the person sees in the astral is, is what they're looking for. Now, if they're not looking for any, also it depends on what type of out-of-body you're having. Because uh, you could be having a conscious out-of-body. Um, you could be, let's say you're having a, a conscious, like an out of, conscious out-of-body. Uh, the vision, what you, the vista is different from uh, the view, the vision is always different uh, depending on which type of out-of-body you have. Uh, uh, let's see how I can explain this more. Um, a lot has to do with the consciousness. Your dream consciousness isn't as expansive as your out-of-body consciousness. Your out-of-body consciousness. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you stay at a Verbo, the host doesn't stay with you. Because a vacation home with a stranger sounds a little bit like a horror movie. Only whole vacation homes. Always private. Book on the Verbo app. Isn't as expansive as your uh, uh, near-death consciousness. However, the uh, out-of-body consciousness is similar to the UFO consciousness. And so there's a lot of uh, levels of consciousness. Um, and that's something that, uh, well, maybe next time we'll have to those those many streams, divisions, lapses, deviations in consciousness. But uh, yes, uh, now if a person uh, is having a spontaneous out of body where they go to bed and they find themselves floating in the treetops, then the vision will be of this world, but it'll be crystalline, where it look be prism like, where it looks like prisms in the daytime. At nighttime, if you have a, a regular out of body where you say, "Oh wow, I'm awake." Uh, in real life, uh, you'll see the natural nighttime, uh, at, but everything will be gleaming and twinkling. That's real. It's really cool to look at. And in the daytime, if the sunlight out, it'll be a prism, and you'll be able to see some of the colors you didn't see when you were uh, uh, in normal uh, daytime life. Um, but the things that you see in the out of body in near death are are different too. Too the near death is more spiritual related where the out-of-body is more related to this earth plane and other uh, dimensional realms that are in sync with the level of consciousness of the out-of-body. The spiritual out-of-body, the level of consciousness for that one is super expanded because God's in it. You have the colors, the rays, the lights, the the death experience. Um, then the normal out-of-body that you might have uh, from going to sleep and I had a dream that you were flying, that's different too. Now, if you're having a dream where you're flying and say, wait a second, I can't fly, so this must be a dream or an out of body. Um, if you're having a dream, uh, you'll wake up in the dream and feel the wind. And once you wake up in the dream, you'll wake up in real life, wherever you are, but invisible. 
and you can fly and go somewhere or else you'll wake up in that same dream that you were dreaming but you can do anything you want and then the uh the out of body consciousness is also or the near death consciousness is different but uh so you want to uh try to have all those things and if the person needs something to tweak them or prompt them to get going spiritually then you use things like crystals uh, maybe a little weed silver bracelets uh keep them in your robe when you go to bed and uh breathing the meditations the fastings there's a lot of natural things you can do to get to quickly jack up to that level and then you'll get to once and then you'll get to where you're always in that level like i'm kind of always on the subconscious level where i'm listening for messages inwardly while i'm also doing stuff outwardly too i'm always it's like I'm using one side of my brain for the real world and the other side for the spirit world. And when those two minds work together, you can do a lot of stuff. Very true. We have two and a half minutes to go with you, Eugene. And, you know, I just want to uh, say you've been absolutely amazing tonight in, in educating us regarding the near-death experience. You know, for those of us who haven't had it, what can you do to calm our nerves regarding it? Regarding the near death? Yes. Um, well, the near death is, it's like, it's actually a gift. Um, the person may not see it while they're having it, but later on, they'll be grateful and glad they're having it. Because some people want to have more near deaths. Um, I'm always super, I'm always suspicious when someone says they've had dozens of near deaths. One guy I know said he had 99 near deaths. I'm like, and you're still walking around. Your body's But the near death is a, a, a glimpse of what God promised us is true, that there is life after death. There is a God. There is a fair and easy judgment. As long as you believe in him, that's his primary thing. He's not deeply concerned with who you made out with or what drugs you did. His concern is with how you saw him and how you valued him. And the reward is great. Um, so always think of God, always think of yourself, always think of self-development, always think how you can uh, be a tool for God to use. When you want him to use you, <clears throat> he'll raise you up to a high, high level. That's something everyone has to try, asking God to use uh, them. Eugene, <laughs> can you tell everybody where they can find your book? Yeah, you can go to my website. That'd be the best place because Amazon takes 90%. So do go to my website. It's at Eugene Braxton at Wix, W-I-X.com. And it's on, uh, you can find it on Google. Just pump in my name. And uh, then I'll mail, especially if you're in the United States. If you're out of country, uh, then uh, you probably have to go to Amazon. I want to try and work out a thing with Dave where I can maybe sell my books with him so the Canadian because Canada is my second best market, and uh, you guys are actually nicer than the Americans. <laughs> uh, we all get along good. We all do. And uh, you know what? Make sure you bring some of your books to Las Vegas for our fan party here, because you'll—I uh, know there will be people probably interested in wanting to check them on out there. Eugene Braxton, the near-death riddle. We appreciate him coming on in tonight. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Then Bigfoot Michigan Rob is going to be filling in for Super Duke on the Cryptid Report. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this.
All right, my man, we are done. Thanks a lot, Dave. You've been a good friend. You're an awesome friend. I can't wait to see you in Vegas, man. We're going to have some nice laughs, Jack. (laughs) Yes, we will. Pigging out at the buffet. Oh, yes. We'll see you then, buddy. We'll see you in the chat room. Okay, I'll be over (coughs) with you. All right, bud. Eugene Braggs today, everybody. I'll be right back, and then uh, we'll get hour three started. How about that?
How about that? Great interview with Eugene. He is just amazing. Eugene is... uh, I'm proud to say he's like a brother to me. He's just so knowledgeable. He is so... level-headed and poised and everything. Just love the man. I love the man. And the fact that uh, we got to bring him on tonight for all of you to uh, listen in is uh, pretty special. So thank you for listening. Fantastic, man. Mark Slivka, welcome to SOR Chat. And uh, let's uh, see here. A big thank you tonight to Kira, Max, Susie, and Deb for the super chats. The super chat really helps us out on what we do on a nicely ba- nightly basis here. Hi, Enki. How you doing? Don't forget, if you're brand new, hit that subscribe button. Ring that bell as we continue to grow. And after the show, leave a comment below and let us know what you think. Here we go in about five seconds with the next hour of SOR. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Here we go with the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Basemain. Basemain is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. This story isn't necessarily scary, but it is entirely strange. Something happened to those soldiers. From 2011 to 2012, I was in the army deployed to Afghanistan as a crew chief on Chinook helicopters. 
we were stationed at a more extensive base with an airstrip called Jalalabad. Most of our job for the year was building up a forward operating base. These are larger bases where you would have a battalion or sometimes a company of troops building up outposts or OPs. An outpost would have a squad or two of troops, sometimes a platoon, to pull over and watch over the FOB. We were dropping infantry guys to kick in doors looking for Taliban in an area called the Konar River Valley. There are mountains all around this area. One night, we were resupplying a few fobs, when suddenly we had a call over the radio to abort the mission we were on and head back to the forward operating base known as Shah. When we landed there, we powered down and were met by these special forces. They briefed the pilots on what we were doing in this area. And then the pilot told us, The furthest forward operating base in our area had lost contact with an OP. This place was out in the middle of nowhere near the Pakistan border, monitoring Taliban coming across. Due to the terrain of Afghanistan, with mountains being all over the place, the location of bases could be better but are rather scattered. The flat parts to build on are at the bottom of mountain ranges and hills, meaning the enemy can stand on the mountainside, look into the base and see everything, and have the advantage of higher ground. So this particular forward operating base was at a real disadvantage, and to mitigate some of the risk, they had four OPs on the mountainside overlooking the valley called the Four Horsemen. OP Mustang had radioed in. They were under attack and then radios went silent. The OP was on the other side of the ridge so it could not be seen from the main FOB and with the mountainous terrain and darkness it would take 12 hours on foot to make it to them at the very least. The SF guys had been in the area pulling missions so the higher ups would send them in. We had about two Chinooks loaded up to the gills with about 30 on my bird and the other was to land at the FOB below Mustang and wait. When we got about two miles out, we radioed them and it was still silence. When we could see the OP in the distance, it was absolutely dark. This was around midnight and it was pitch black outside. Under NVGs, or night vision goggles as most would know them as, you can see the dimmest light and there was absolutely nothing. We circled overhead about 150 feet trying to see anything we could. Finally, the SF commander came over the radio and told the pilots to put us down on the OP. I was at the main cabin door, guiding the pilot down about 50 feet. I make out something, but I can't quite tell what it is. Then, at around 15 feet, it dawns on me that it's a human leg. I go over the radio. Sir, we have a leg on the LZ. Pilot goes, A leg? The SF commander says to put the bird on the ground now. We landed and the ramp got dropped. The SF dudes ran off the back and formed a perimeter. At this time, the door gunner on my opposite side goes, We have a head over here. I am still in shock from seeing the leg. I am at the cabin door screaming, the OP, and realizing the body parts are everywhere. Torsos with no arms and legs. Heads that looked like they were stepped on and smashed. I told myself I couldn't believe a grenade or an IED would cause the damage I was seeing right before my eyes. There was no damage to any of the OP. The walls were intact and the ground was regular. If the bodies weren't all over the place, it would have looked normal. Eventually, I saw about 10 SF guys after they ensured the LZ was clear, run off and started checking the OP out. On the OP's far side, the medic pulls out a body bag and I see them moving something and loading it into the bag. They were struggling hard to do whatever they were doing. Then they tried to bring it back to the bird, but they were having a very tough time. I see them move over to the other guys pulling the perimeter. Four or more guys run over there and start helping. It looks to be 14 guys carrying this bag. They loaded it into the back of the bird. 
The bag was 10 to 12 feet long and completely filled. At this point, a bunch of guys got back off. They were leaving six guys on board with this body bag. These six guys wouldn't let us join them. The crew came near them to inspect what we were transporting, and we were told to take off and trade spots with the second Chinook. A Chinook is a cargo helicopter designed to lift a lot of weight. The heavier the load, you can hear a change in the engines and feel the aircraft. When we took off, the strain the engines were under was very defined. Whatever was in the bag was very heavy, so we landed where they were and waited for them to do whatever they had to do. My buddy was in the other bird and said the SF guys collected all the body parts and loaded them on the bird. After the birds were loaded, we refueled and headed to the Bagram field. We go to Bagram occasionally and always land in the same area. This time we landed at a different spot next to a C-130. They brought in a forklift, which barely moved what was in the bag. Immediately it was loaded into the C-130 and all the body bags were full of parts. The only thing said to us by the SF commander was you can go now. After that we returned to the base. The flight home was in silence outside of the essential conversation. We never really talked about what we thought it was or what happened, but you could tell everyone knew what we saw that night was unexpected. Since then I have heard a few stories about the giants of Afghanistan. Is that what killed all those soldiers of OP Mustang? And that's another great story by our resident swamp dweller as he takes us on another spooky journey like he does every Monday through Friday night right here on Spaced Out Radio to kick off hour number three. If you want more stories, Swamp Dweller literally has thousands of them. Go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads and we go from there. From the swamp to the forest, it's time for the Cryptid Report. Yes, filling in for Super Duke tonight, Bigfoot Michigan Rob. And we always love Bigfoot Rob here from Brunch with Bigfoot. And uh, we love it here. No Super Duke tonight because he's having internet troubles. Internet troubles. So that's pretty much where he is. How you doing, Bigfoot Rob? Hey, you know what? I'm doing fantastic, Dave. Fantastic. You know, I was just sitting around watching the show. Fantastic show, by the way. Thank you. I get a... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you stay at a Verbo vacation home, the host doesn't stay with you. So when you share an inside joke, sunscreen, or couch, it will only be with people you want to be there. Because without privacy in your vacation home, it isn't really a vacation, is it? Only whole vacation homes, always private. Book on the Verbo app. Call about an hour before, you know, the cryptid report. And it's good old Duke, Rob. 
I feel like a fireman, you know, I got, you have to bail me out because, you know, I, my internet's taking a, a crap and I said, Duke, anything for you and the mighty SOR and Dave Scott. So I had to ramble, get stuff together. And I, I think I came up with some, some pretty good things for you here today. Well, you always do, my friend. You always do. And that's what, that's what we love about you. So you're always right there for us at the drop of a hat. And uh, I thank you. Our listeners thank you. And very much appreciate it, my man. It, well, no problem. I do appreciate you having me on uh, in a pinch. I do enjoy it. And uh, I'm always uh, there for you, brother. You know that. Um, for those new in the audience, I do it a little differently than Duke. I compile, uh, I get a lot of reports that are slash stories just sent to me that I I sometimes broadcast on my channel. Sometimes I don't. It just depends. So we've got, uh, it's 216. So Dave, I know this one, this is a slash report story. It goes about nine minutes. So we're going to a tw- two. Go for uh, it. We got time for this one. We got time. Anyway. Thank you, David, and thank you to everybody in chat and listening later. June 13th, 2018, Southeast Oklahoma. What started out as a family camping trip turned into a night of fright and fear. Rob, myself, my name is Terry, wife Jan, and 16-year-old son TJ decided to camp at Raymond Gary State Park. It was a beautiful summer day as I loaded up my pickup truck to take the family to go explore and camp. It was in what had been a tradition started by my father, Frank, since my early childhood. My dad would always sit around the fire and tell stories about Bigfoot to myself and my three other siblings. The stories were always about the friendly forest giants and how they wandered all the woods of North America and is something more than just legend. My dad would tell us of the three encounters that he had with the with the mystical creature. All three stories were about the whoops and tree knocks that he experienced in this exact campground that we now attend. As far as seeing a Bigfoot, he said the three times were brief, and it was always a glimpse of a Bigfoot peering around the tree, taking a glimpse at what we all were doing. 30 years later, I too had just, I too had started to take in what my dad had always warned us, start a new tradition to keep it alive. I take my wife and son exactly where my dad took me when my son turned 10. The past six years, no encounters, nothing, no sighting, not even a whoop or tree knock. I laughed aloud and said, my dad is such a storyteller. The night of the 13th of June proved to be quite the opposite. My family and I did experience Bigfoot. However, on this particular night, it was not the friendly forest giant as my father had proclaimed. After setting up camp early that morning, we set off to do some hiking off a trail about 20 yards from camp. Our campsite was surrounded by the wood line and had nice level ground to set up a four-person tent and disperse our other amenities needed for our three-day excursion. I brought firewood, leveled off, and dug a pit for our fire later in the evening. I was able to pull my truck 
up to the campsite and parked only several feet away and was looking forward to a great weekend with Jan and TJ. Jan, by the way, is the wife. I don't know if I mentioned that. Now, remembering, we had given up on the possibility of Sasquatch or any other creature for that matter, and that sort of faded away from our memory. The stories that my father had told me were just that. They were stories. So I had decided to form our own tradition of true stories from the family adventures. After hiking a few hours down the trail, my son TJ said, Hey, Dad, that looks strange. My son pointed to a limb, a tree limb, about four inches in diameter. This was freshly broken and hanging down in a 90-degree angle. This break was not from the winter, nor was it a lightning strike. It was fresh, and my estimate was perhaps no more than a few hours old. Also, I want to add that the branch hovered a good seven or eight feet above ground. I told my son that indeed this is strange, and we proceeded to plod down the trail. After several more minutes of hiking, we heard what sounded like a large tree snap followed by a very large whoop. Yes, a whoop, much like Dad had always described to me in my earlier camping days with him. The three of us are now excited at the, possi the possibility that maybe Dad and my son's grandpa was indeed not just telling stories for amusement. Excitedly, we stopped and listened, but to no avail. We decided to head back to camp. It was dark. After returning to camp, I started a fire. Chan boiled some water, and TJ helped with me with the fire while my wife prepared some noodles covered with a can or two of pasta sauce. We then sat around the fire, told stories, and laughed, enjoying the first night of our outing. Then, in the distance, we hear another limb break and the sounds of something crashing down. The crashing down seemed to now surround our camp from all sides of the tree line. We start to hear and literally feel footfall reverberate on the ground beneath from all sides of us. We all look to the woods, but cannot see anything. Yet we feel a presence of something in the woods circling our camp. Whatever this is, it's not friendly. A loud crash is now heard, and not 20 feet from us, it is a large, almost stump-like piece of tree that seemed to be hurtled from the woods, smashing through my truck's windshield. Now, an extremely loud roar, like the sound of a freight train, gained on us. Then suddenly, not one, but three bipedal, humanoid-looking creatures, all covered in dark hair, ran through our camp. They were massive and wide. You could hear the thunderous boom, boom, boom as their feet pounded the ground. They moved fast. They got through our camp in only seconds and disappeared to the wood line, the other side of the wood line. Petrified, scared, we know not what to do. We only hope that whatever blazed through our camp would not return. The forest went silent. The campfire was stamped out from what I believe to be Bigfoot as they extinguished it. It was so fast that I can't not even tell you the height of these things. I can only say this. My dad always mentioned the friendly forest giant or forest people. I would hate to come across an unfriendly one. I only believe these to be friendly because as easily as the fire was extinguished, they could have easily extinguished our lives. I'm guessing this was just a warning to leave. For whatever reason, I don't know. Again, this happened June 13, 2018. I have not been in the forest since. Signed, Terry.
It takes a lot, Rob. It takes a lot to scare a person to stay out of the forest. You know, Dave, not being there. See, I'm, I'm a little different. I, I probably would be scared, petrified. I think I would go back. You know, I had an encounter in 2018 myself. It was petrifying, terrifying to me. It took me a couple of years, Dave, before I could get my get my faculties together to, to visit the woods. And something like this, something that you can't process, is something that you only read about in books. I'm guessing these people just heard stories of Bigfoot. And it was something, again, some three human humanoid-looking figures to run through, startle you, the footfall is thunderous. I'll tell you what. I don't know. I uh, I don't know. It's pretty scary. Pretty scary indeed. Oh, I, I agree. You know, I, it reminds me, you know, a couple weeks before we had our Sasquatch encounter this past October. It reminds me of being out in the forest that night where the minute we drove up that logging road, it was there was something there that was absolutely petrifying us. We were only there for about 40 minutes, didn't turn my vehicle off, left the doors open just in case we had to run in. Like, Rob, I don't, you know, I know I've talked to Robin McRae about that. She believes there was something in the forest that we were being, you know, told to, like, don't leave a perimeter of about, you know, outside of 10, 15 feet around the vehicle. Like, it was it was scary, and that's the first time I've been scared there. We didn't see yeah. anything, didn't hear anything, all right? But there was something there. And when I say something, I'm not talking bear. I'm not talking moose or wolves or anything like that. There was something different in the forest that night. And I don't know what it is, don't know why I think that, but... When you get that feeling, man, you got to listen to it. You know, the forest can be a dangerous place just by what you know, let alone of what you don't know. You know, I agree. And especially when, and you're, I concur with uh, your, your, your experience. I'm with you on that. And can you imagine something right here with your family, your wife, your your son and you hear these sounds these this thunderous footfall you hear these whoops and then all of a sudden you see these three beings and what she described in, in his email where they were massive three of them not one one alone dave to see and i'm not suggesting bigfoot is is dangerous but that is you have to be feared you have to fear something like that rampaging through your forest or through your campsite, excuse me, and I don't know. I, maybe I wouldn't go back to the woods, and I would have second thoughts. What I saw was from shoreline, uh, scared me, got over it. But you just you, you have to take all these precautions, especially with your family. That for me is I would probably keep them out. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, we do need to. You know, people to remember the forest is a dangerous place. Never, yeah. never mind the wild animals that are there, or even the hiding cryptids. Just with like, if you don't know 
what species of animals you have around or what kind of uh, dangers there are. I mean, man, I've been walking in a forest and all of a sudden I step down and there's there's a, a, a half an inch or a half a foot rut in the ground that you could easily snap your, your ankle. You know, um, you don't know where to sit, you know, because you don't know what's there. You know, everything you have to be careful with. You know, I remember as a young kid running running through the forest. I had uh, the woods. I, I played in the woods all the time, and we, we rode mini bikes through a trail. And we get off for mini bikes, and we play, like, capture the flag, you know, a game yeah. in, the, in the woods. And we would run as kids through the forest, and we don't have night vision on. It's dark. We're 13, 14 years old. You know how many times... I fell down, got cuts, didn't break anything, thank God. But how many times just simply from that? And if you can imagine, because I do get reports of people that are so frightened in the woods from something. It could be a cryptid. It could be paranormal. Who knows? But they get up and just run in fright. That is where the danger lies, is you harming yourself, like you just said, because ruts divots whatever you could run into a tree for god's sakes when it's pitch black and the stars aren't out lighting your pathway so yeah it's it's dangerous all around it could be oh 100 100 percent. rob i'm gonna get you to hold on right there because yep. we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour and we have a half hour left of the cryptid report filling in for super duke tonight from brunch with bigfoot we got bigfoot michigan rob hanging out he'll have more cryptid stories poking on up for us here when we return gotta love it what a great show so far tonight hard to believe we only got a half hour left that's what we do here on the mighty sor when the woo is shiny and beautiful space out radio continues right after this stay tuned All right, we're clear. Very good. Yeah, Dave, thank you for having me on. Glad I could help in a pinch. Well, we do like you around here somewhat. Yeah, you know, some somewhat, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, 50-50. 50-50, at fine. But, you know, I can't wait for the bash. In Las Vegas. You need to start promoting that to your fans, too. I'll start doing that for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll get the dates, and I'll, uh, you know, I'll put it in my description pages. I, and I will send and I'll announce them on the, I'll announce it. Yeah, send me something. I'll send you your our events page, because I got you on the list for the special guests. Awesome. That'd be great. Yeah, look forward to it. Yeah, man. There, I, I just uh, sent you our Facebook page. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll start doing that. Well, why does that say unsupported? Maybe it only goes right there. Let's try that. Why the heck yeah, I... is that happening like that? Weird. Yeah, well, you know, I get that too. You know, I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not technically uh, savvy when it comes to. I'll get that, like, like these PDF files. You can't open them, go. you can't send them. I don't. Uh, 
Here is our link to our Facebook page, people. If uh, you want to come to our Vegas party or thinking about it, just click on that link and uh, go from there. Go from there. You know what? Super Duke. Super Duke. Hello, Duke. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see you got some of your internet up and running. That's why he's Super Duke. Super Duke. Well, he made a good call because you know as well as I, Dave, and Duke as well. When your internet's on the fritz, yeah, I hate taking chances sometimes, you know. I know the feeling, my man. I know the feeling. And Duke's a perfectionist, too. Oh, he is. Well, anybody, I know you've all subscribed to World Bigfoot Radio, but, yeah, he, he puts together. I love about his show, he's got the the video, he's got the, mm-hmm. the woods, the, the hiking, the, the research, and then the pictures. Very different and very awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Dave, I'm looking forward to you know, last year. Obviously, I couldn't make it due to some unfortunate circumstances, but I really, I'm looking forward to this whole event. But I really, I'm really looking forward to sitting down with you and Carter at the poker table. Me too. Me too. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Rob. Uh, our money may not be uh, <laughs> may not be safe. <laughs> Carter, Carter's a shark, man. Well, he's been on the WSOP. I, I, twice. I, I know twice. You know, um, I've been through Vegas and I've played in a couple tournaments, but not. Yeah, yeah. No. I hear you. High sensational Sherry, and straight to Lumbridge. How you doing? Who else joined us here late? Super Duke, Super Duke. Hmm. Let's see. The cryptid report with Super Duke. Yes, you got you got Super Robo here today, and I cannot. Super Rob. I can't. I cannot uh, fill the fabulous Duke shows uh, shoes. But uh, as I'm scrolling through here, Dave, we got to find a really really cool one. You know, I just started writing a book, Dave. I'm about halfway through. Oh, it. nice! Yeah, so look at you. I've been pretty busy. Yeah, you know, I had to find something to do after selling the bar, my man. I know. Got to be a little more responsible with life, I guess. I, I know. know. We got about forty seconds. All right. Ah, yeah, good. I'm looking forward to you looking being for. there, man, and I'm looking forward to you. Coming on through and having fun with us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to meet all the people in chat, all the listeners. Um, this would be awesome. I can't wait myself. All right. Big thank you to Deb Times 2, Kira, uh, Max, and Susie for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support. Thank you to all our new subscribers for coming on in and, and uh, hitting subscribe. Don't forget after the show to leave a comment down below. Tell us what you think. And uh, here we go.
Round of third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here's Bigfoot Rob filling in for Super Duke of World Bigfoot Radio tonight as we continue on with the Cryptid Report. Bigfoot Rob, welcome back. Thank you very much, Dave. I am glad to be here. It's a pleasure, and thank you. All right. What other stories you got for us tonight? You know, I do have a cool one, and I, I realized this was a little longer show, which which is cool because, you know, I've always, and you've probably heard this, Dave, Mount Shasta. Yes. You know, I tell you, there's a lot of creepy goings on over there. Indeed, there is. And uh, I got a... This I, I held on to this story for a couple months that I got because I had to kind of read it, reread it, shape it a little bit, and, and it, it's right up everybody's. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you stay at a Verbo vacation home, the host doesn't stay with you. So when you share an inside joke, sunscreen, or couch, it will only be with people you want to be there. Because without privacy in your vacation home, it isn't really a vacation. Is it? Only whole vacation homes. Always private. Book on the Verbo app. Allie, I think I think you'll like this one, and I'm glad I have time to uh, to tell you guys about this. So uh, we'll continue on. Once again, thank you, thank you to everybody in chat. Love y'all. Mount Shasta, California. Hello, Rob. My name is Rick, and I love your subscriber encounters. In fact, it was you that spurred on this letter that you can use, and I urge you to share this. I have lived here for the past 15 years. My location is between Lake Siskiyou and Castle Lake Campground. I am somewhat of a loner, and where I live, you just can't beat it. Beautiful views of Mount Shasta in the background. The surrounding wilderness is all I need. In a strange way, it keeps me alive for these past 15 years. I just turned 60 last fall and have not seen or heard from any of my family during this time span. I am so lost in this world, Rob. I am so lost that I can't even say who is living or dead amongst my friends and relatives. I know I sound a bit like an odd bird. Yeah, a little odd. The fact is, that I am, but I'm not alone. 
I built a 1,500-square-foot log cabin with a spacious open bottom floor with a second level rising 10 feet above the ground with a wraparound deck. I have views on a 360-degree turn. I have a very powerful telescope atop the deck with a high-resolution camera built in it to help capture great shots of Mount Shasta and the wilderness that I live in. I was never in a big hurry to build my cabin. It took roughly two years to complete as I would travel back into town past Lake Siskiyou to stay with my really only friend, Ron. In fact, Ron owned a construction company and off the books, he and some of his employees helped in the construction of my home. During the travels back and forth during this time period, I never paid attention to the wildlife, but it was there. You name it. We got it here in Shasta. From small ground rodents to massive elk and hawks to bald eagles taking flight in the sky. In year three, I actually moved in. As I mentioned earlier in this letter, I spoke of never being alone despite being a loner. I felt at ease with Mother Nature and all the calls of the woods and the squawks of the magnificent birds of prey. But soon... I would find out it was not just the feeling of being one with Mother Nature that made me feel this way. It was something else. Something lurking deep in the woods that was what, <clears throat> excuse me, Dave, watching me. Not to sound redundant, as I mentioned earlier. This feeling almost immediately started in the third year. It was kind of odd, and I can't not, cannot put a finger on it. I just felt out of sorts, yet did not feel threatened nor scared just different. This same feeling lasted for another three years, and I grew accustomed to this odd feeling, and it became part of my life. Starting the seventh year is when it all changed. So now this is four years after the three years of the house being built. That year, I bought three Alaskan Malmut pups. Being a fan of the three stooges, I appropriately named them Larry, Moe, and Curly. The first six months raising my pups was a delight. I had plenty of room for them to roam and exercise on my property. They frolicked, they played, they were rambunctious. They would literally wear me out. Then one stormy night, I heard the most robust howl and roar that seemed to literally shake my 1,500-square-foot cabin. I had attributed this to thunder at first. Larry, Moe, and Curly almost immediately cowered tails between their legs, and dashed underneath my dining room table. We had been through thunder and lightning before without a stirring from my dogs, but this was different. My pups were shaking. This is when I fully realized that this was not the sound of the weather, but something massive and close. I felt unnerved for the very first time in seven years. The weather cleared, and that thunderous vocalization was, which once bellowed made me feel a bit more comfortable as it dissipated. Yet my dogs still would not leave from under the confines of the dining room table. I talked to my dogs like they were human and assured them everything was okay, and I left the cabin to scout around my property. About 50 yards to the south, I was astonished to see a set of huge human-like footprints. I was so amazed that I rushed back into the cabin to grab a tape measure. 
I could not believe the size as I measured a length of 22 inches long by almost 7 inches wide. The most bewildering part was the impression. The impression had five distinct toes. This was indeed an actual footprint. I almost immediately thought, this has to be Bigfoot. I have always known of the possibility that these creatures exist. I even heard the tales over the years with my monthly trips back and forth into town to get supplies, but never really thought much of it. Like most, I imagine and continue about life. My mind started to wander is maybe Bigfoot, maybe it does exist. And maybe that was the source of my feelings of which I was being watched. But I needed more evidence, and I took up Bigfoot hunting in my area. For the next four months, I read up on Bigfoot and started to follow some well-known researchers. My favorite was that of Ron Moorhead of, the, of the, his Sierra Sounds. He talks of these creatures being flesh and blood with an innate ability to perhaps be interdimensional. I found his book, Quantum Bigfoot, and I also need to add that the loud howl that Stormy Night never returned and not a single foot footprint appeared on my property thereafter. In fact, I became frustrate, frustrated at finding no evidence during my fourth month, fourth month of my research project that I decided to take a week off and re-energize my body and mind. During this week off, I started to forget about dropping the entire Bigfoot phenomena. Then one night around 6 p.m. on a very calm and clear evening, the thunderous roar returned and seemed to get closer. My pups, now about a year old, rushed beneath the dining room table as they did during the storm. I looked out to where my property, where I thought the roar came from, and saw nothing. I then petted Larry Curly and Moe and went to the top deck where my telescope was to scan the area, and being up much higher, I had hoped to catch a glimmer of something. I panned the tree line for 15 minutes or so and saw nothing. Then that thunderous roar came again. I believe I pinpointed the the direction of the howl and swung my telescope in that area. Again, nothing. I turned back and headed downstairs to check on my male moots. And before I got to the bottom of the staircase, all three dogs started howling like I had never heard before. But their howl was that of fright, not knowing what to do, either check on my dogs or run back up to my telescope. I decided I needed to run back upstairs. Early in this letter, Rob, I made mention that my deck is about 10 feet above ground. When I got back to the top of the stairs, I went straight to the telescope. I stopped dead in my tracks. A huge human-like figure's head was just above the top railing, looking in at me, mouth agape, exposing frightening teeth. It was covered in dark hair, and despite looking human-like, it had the look of an animal in it as well. The eyes glowed yellow and seemed to look right past me. I am in shock. I can't move. Then the beast turns towards the woodline and sprinted back into the woods. I got my senses together, checked on my dogs. They're terrified, and I ran outside. When I got outside, I didn't see the creature, but I found a set of tracks streaking toward the woodline. They were the same 22-inch tracks, and they had an amazing six-foot gait. The tracks were not side by side like a human, but follow more in a straight line. I followed the tracks at least 50 feet, then to my surprise, the tracks literally stopped. They vanished a good 100 yards before the tree line. Where did they go?
Is this possible? I said aloud. I remember reading in Moorhead's book about Bigfoot being multidimensional. Did this occur? Rob, eight years have passed since that night, and I go looking for this creature with no success. The howls have stopped, no tracks, and the dogs seem more at ease. I guess I am lucky that nothing else happened. To this day, however, I still look for that visitor. I must admit, I am unsure if I want to see it again. Thanks for this, Rick. By the words that you read, you can sure feel that this guy's a little confused about what's going on. Yeah. He does feel confused. You know, it's like he knows about the wilderness, what's not in it. He hasn't been back in three years. I mean, it took him three years to build his house or his, two years to build his log cabin. Never really paid a lot to the wilderness around him. He was kind of like ignorant to his surroundings. Sure, he mentions about the rodents, the moose, the eagles. And then he goes into town. People talk about Bigfoot, Mount Shasta. And then, yeah, you know, Dave, it's almost like he he's perplexed at this whole thing. I mean, and then to find these tracks, they disappear, and then all of a sudden he sees this object leering in on from the deck. And, you know, I don't know about you, Dave. That happened, I guess, he was there three years. This happened seven years later. Now, eight years later, nothing. You know, I don't know. How do you know? How do you know? You know? Yeah, I, you know, I'm thinking the guy did see something, and I'm thinking that it sh- whatever this was, it showed itself to him to let him know he was there. And you know what, though? He hasn't seen it since or heard of the growls, or excuse me, the howls since. Maybe this is just something watching over him. Maybe it's maybe it's protecting him or something, I don't, or, or is a big brother type thing. I don't know. Do you think that I thought a, it'd be very interesting? Do you think that Sasquatch there, or, or how many, however many were in that area, were trying to frighten him? I think that when it, it showed itself, I think that the the growls and howls. I think I think the intent was just something there. But what confuses me, maybe as much as this guy, is it happened. It happened a couple times. You heard the growls, the howls, the whoops, and then he sees it. But then nothing after eight years. Your guess is as good as mine on that one because he certainly stayed there for another eight years with no other with no other encounter or experience. I agree. I agree. I mean, question is, you know, how do you kind of solve this how do you how do you how do you even go about trying to track this down you know according to this guy he's looked he he hasn't seen any prints since he hasn't seen anything i mean to me that is like a a mystery because yeah you know if it was me if i was this person living in mount shasta and for a couple days i hear howls i see tracks then they disappear then i see something and if I'm a loner, like this guy claims, and by myself, and I've got nothing other to do, I'm certainly going to do some investigation. I'm certainly going to go in the woods and look. And if I can't find anything in eight years, Dave, 
I might be thinking in my head that maybe I'm kind of losing it because wouldn't you think you'd have you'd find some some sort of evidence? Wouldn't you find another track, perhaps ha- hear another howl or whoop? Nothing after it showed itself. Maybe just wanted to tell this guy, "Hey, I'm here." FYI, we have five minutes left. Do you want to continue asking some questions, or do you have another story for us? I got what I can do in under five minutes. It's a, it's a Michigan report that I got. Let me just scroll to the top here. This is actually kind of where I live, so it's kind of cool. I can bust it out here in about four minutes. Arraso, Michigan Dogman. The moon was bright and seemed as though the forest was eerily silent for my recently purchased Arraso, Michigan property in the fall of September of 2012. The foliage of the woods was staring was starting to turn magnificent color. The browns, greens, yellows of nature were vibrant, and the smell of somebody burning a fire just before dark, before dusk prompted me to take a walk down the trail that was open at the end of my half-acre property leading back into the wilderness. I exaggerate when I say wilderness. My property is located just outside of the DeVries Nature Observatory. The trail starts from the plot of land connected to a thoroughfare to the conservatory. I found it comforting to see the moon and the twilight as nightfall began. It lit up the trail as I embarked on this journey. I always felt secure and relaxed in the woods. This night, however, after 15 minutes of hiking beneath the moon, I began to feel uneasy and could not put my finger on it until it appeared. The day it turned to darkness with a beautiful moon blazing light, blazing a light on my path. The further ahead that I looked, the moon shined, made it, started to dim out and became less visible. Then approximately 50 yards in front of me, front of me, directly in the middle of the trail, some sort of being materialized. I stopped, could not believe the size of this four-legged animal. Right away, I think wolf, and this wolf was coming towards me. Frozen in my tracks, my feet said run, yet physically, I can't. This beast on all fours had to stand, had to stand his had to stand from his feet from the bottom to the top of the ground to his head. It appeared to be about four feet tall on all fours. This can't be a wolf, I thought aloud. Well, my intuition was correct. As the wolf approached, the creatures, the creature arose on two feet and an oversized head exposed two red eyes that seemed to be in measurement, at least eight inches apart. The thing had doubled in size. I finally broke free of my hypnotic trance that I was in. I turned and I ran. I slipped and I fell. Frantically, I got back to my feet and looked back at, and it looked back at me. This creature was now 50 feet before me. I realized that running would do me no good and I was surely posed for a certain and imminent death. Then the beast started to dematerialize into a mist and disappeared before my eyes. Rob, I don't know what this is. Can you advise? And this is Spencer from Owasso, Michigan. And, you know, Dave, with that story, I don't think I've ever heard in the reports I've gotten. This is the first one that I hear about a dog man that, if this was a dog man, that materialized or dematerialized in front of somebody. You hear about the Bigfoot cloaking, disappearing, the tracks moving away or disappearing, but never really a dog man. When I hear dog man, I hear or get reports about them flanking them. They look into the wood line. They see something red eyes. It appears to be a wolf, but nothing that is like paranormal 
Um, I think there's Makes paranormal sense. elements with Bigfoot, but not not really. You know, the dog man. I'm not. I just don't know. Again, you know, I get these in, and you know, I read them, and and hey, you know, people are experiencing something, and like I always sit, like to say, what is it that we're actually experiencing? Is the question. Very true. Very true. Rob, I want to say a big thank you for you hanging on out with us tonight and filling in for Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio, who is having problems with his internet connection, and you jumping right in here and and taking on over. That means a lot, my friend. It really does. Well, you know, Dave, we're buddies. I love you. I love everybody in the chat room. You know, I know a lot of friends out in chat, and there are a lot of people that, uh, you know, I see in my chat on my show, which I appreciate, and and I just love helping you out when I can. You've been on my show several times. I do always appreciate you and what you do because, like I said, I found you three years ago, and you're my favorite uh, You're my favorite show on, on the Internet and on the radio. And I do mean that when I say that, my man. I do appreciate that. That is very mm-hmm. kind words. And, and do me a favor. Could you please tell everybody where they can find Bigfoot Michigan Rob? Yeah, my YouTube channel is Bigfoot Michigan Rob. It's that easy. Type it in the browser, hit enter, and please subscribe. I do appreciate it. You know, I love doing this. If, if I didn't like doing this, I wouldn't. And I found a new passion in life uh, after my encounter and selling my business. I love this, and I love everybody, you know, everybody in this community. And I do my best to help you. And if you have encounter stories, beyond BMR at gmail.com. I'm also on you know, I'm everywhere, Facebook, Twitter. I just signed up for, uh, what do you call that, TikTok, and I'm also on uh, Instagram. And uh, Bigfoot Michigan Rob for everything. Well, you know what? Hopefully the snow melts and we can get you right back out in the field. I'm still about three months away. I don't know how far along you are, but for me, mm-hmm. still about three months away, and I cannot wait <laughs> to get back in the field, man. Just cannot wait. You know, I, I know you can't. And for me, it's different. You know, it's like I it snowed on Christmas Day two inches, and it was 27 degrees, which I know is still warm for you. It's Fahrenheit. And then, you know, we had a 40-degree we had, we had day and blah, blah, blah. So. I hear you, man. I hear you, Bigfoot Rob, everybody. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. 
Sheets are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you stay at a Verbo vacation home, the host doesn't stay with you. So when you share an inside joke, sunscreen, or couch, it will only be with people you want to be there. Because without privacy in your vacation home, it isn't really a vacation, is it? Only whole vacation homes, always private. Book on the Verbo app.